Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. So it is Tuesday, September 9th, 2014, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Happy milestone anniversary, Mr. Bob Ryer. Uh, 150 is a pretty good number. Stephanie Cook. Hey, hey, hey. And joining no. us, Mr. Joey Bracino. Hello. Hello. So this is the 150th episode of the Talking Comics Podcast. Uh, we are broadcasting live right now uh, via YouTube, Google Hangouts. Um, so if you guys are listening to this the next day, you missed it, but (laughs) where were you? (laughs) Not live. Not live. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and thank you so much for those listening live. Um, if you guys have comments or questions, please send them in, leave comments on the website, on Twitter, uh, whatever Stephanie is going to be monitoring for us. So those things will come up. Uh, we have, uh, a cavalcade of people to come on the show uh, tonight. Uh, we have um, a lot of contributors for Talking Comics, some voice you've heard before, some new voices. Um, and we have some listeners calling in as well. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. We, I, yeah. we have the show pretty uh, tightly planned, but if things run a little, little bit short or we have some extra time, maybe we'll throw the number out there and people can call in um, on the fly. Mm. All right. So uh, we don't have a lot of time. So uh, we have Joey here for just, just, just a scant 15 minutes. Really, Joey is with us. So we're going to do our lightning round, uh, which is kind of the perfect amount of time to do the lightning round in um, for us. And Joey, I think, you, I think you're going to start out. Yes. Your, oh, first wow. e- your first ever lightning round. First sure. ever. Um, let, me get my, let me get my... Hunker down, buddy. My cu- oh, my God. My custom, my custom lightning round stopwatch here. This is how I learned to swim. My uncle threw me in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, flashbacks, a little, little PTSD for you, Joey. Trauma. Uh, all right, so here we go. Lightning round, Joey, go. Okay. Okay, so um, this first book that I'm going to talk about actually comes out tomorrow. Or, yes, tomorrow, because we're live on Tuesday. So tomorrow, uh, it's called Teen Dog from Boom Studios by Jake Lawrence, who uh, has done it as a web series um, on his Tumblr, which I pulled up, is called timecowboy.tumblr.com teen dog is about a teenage dog in high school what yeah it's insane and it's like everything you loved about the 90s uh and kind of the 80s too it's very clearly influenced by like the breakfast club and stuff like that plus you were gonna say teen wolf no, no, no. It, apparently, it was like a spoof of Teen Wolf when he came up with it, but it's gone in a completely different direction. It's kind of like, imagine an anthropomorphic dog wearing sunglasses and a denim vest who acts like the Fonz it sounds in like high Pucci school the in the 90s. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, very clearly, the, it's cartoony. It's kind of like Daria in terms of the aesthetic. Um, 
each page is kind of like a little vignette. And I'm assuming it takes place in the 90s because everyone has, you know, side ponytails, denim vests, and high tops. And when Teen Dog touches people, it launches into this, like, third eye, trippy kind of thing. And it goes into um, every character that he touches is like, I saw every possible future and every possible (laughs) past in the blink of an eye. It's very lighthearted. It's very fun. And it's a teenage dog who loves pizza and can talk. So uh, it's comes up tomorrow by Jake Lawrence from Boom Studios. It's an eight-issue miniseries, I think, and I, I don't think it's a compilation of the web series stuff. I think it's all original material, which is very cool, too. Um, how long was that? That was like a minute, You got right? a minute, you have a minute left. left. Oh, my God. Okay. So um, uh, I because of life and because I'm, I'm a teacher and school's been starting up, I haven't been able to read a lot of new stuff, um, but what I read over the last couple of weeks – were two Marvel Now series that I didn't read when they were getting released, which were um, the X-Men Legacy, Cy Spurrier, and the yeah. uh, Dennis Hopeless's Avengers Arena. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed those. And I think I especially enjoyed them because I read them like back to back to back kind of as, an, as a whole story. I don't know what it would have been like to read month to month, but I really enjoyed those series. I liked that they were about kind of younger, lesser-known characters. I love um, those characters and those stories because they feel fresh and new, and um, they were great, and I think they really worked as the series that they were. So, how much time do I have Awesome. You have seven seconds left, Joey, so you nailed it. And congrats on 150! Yay! (laughs) Thank you, Joey. (laughs) Thank you very much. There we go. That's awesome. Oh, it's very low today. It is very it's like a radar. Well, it's very forgiving for yeah, the yeah, anniversary. Yeah, for the anniversary, we're being we're being nicer. It's uh, usually raucous. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting on some other. I'm just I'm gonna pick a new t- a new timer sound for oh, every person. Boy. I so, can always make special effects, or Bob could do it. Who knows? Yeah, who knows what it's gonna sound like? Um, all right, so let's go to the the master of the lightning round, Mr. Bob Ryer. <laughs> you looked at me for a <laughs> no, second. I was oh. like, what? no. <laughs> all right, um, lightning round, Bob. Your three minutes are set. Go. First up, X-Factor 13, uh, Peter David. Uh, Lorna drops some real big knowledge on the Serval CEO, Harrison Snow. You get Pietro and his daughter Luna reconnecting in a day trip to Colonial Williamsburg. And then Lockjaw shows up (laughs) and Gorgon. And it's bad family drama. This book just gets better every month. I was suspicious, but it's just great. She-Hulk number eight, Charles Soule. Harvey Polito is back. Jen's biggest case to date has to do with a legacy of Captain America story. He's now 90, and it's something from his past. And she'll be up in court against... Dun, 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 dun. Spoiler? Nah, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> ha! Read the book. <laughs> Thanks to Stephanie, who reminded me last week about Velvet coming out, number seven. Nice. Or is it number six? Number six. Number seven comes out this week. I picked up The Trade, which is Before the Living End, which is the first five issues short of all the essays, but it's just great. Velvet Templeton, you know, she's the boss's secretary, the executive secretary of the director of the agency, only she's much more modesty blaze than Miss Moneypenny. Just really super seeing, especially a, a reasonably aged character, reasonably normal build and everything else, just a great series if you love spy stuff, which got me thinking about all this sort of stuff and where it began. So it's the Honey West commemorative issue, which has a story by Trina Robbins and Cynthia Martin. The Honey West novels began in the late 50s by, and now I can't read my own writing, it is Georgia and Forrest 
Fickling, when they wrote them as G.G. Fickling, wrote 12 novels of Honey West, sort of as the female Mike Hammer. Most people are familiar, though, with the 66 TV series with Anne Francis and her little ocelot Bruce. <laughs> but there's a lovely uh, two-part story in here by oh, Trina, wow. which is set up in the swinging 60s, and it's a go-go club and illegal drugs and murder and all that sort of good stuff. Who's the artist on that? Cynthia Martin. Really, really nice art. Right. So then once I'm in that sort of vein, and having just mentioned Modesty Blaze, I picked up a really lovely trade paperback from Titan. They're doing all these. Modesty Blaze started in 1963. It's really, it's Peter O'Donnell and Jim Holdaway, I believe is how we pronounce this. And Modesty Blaze, there was a movie in the 60s, is one fairly recently. She is based really, I guess, Kathy Gale from The Avengers, but an criminal background, becomes an operative, runs capers that, that help the British Commonwealth and all their goodness. And if you, uh, Steve was looking at this, there's no question that Velvet is based on Modesty Blaze. <laughs> I mean, it, her attitude, and again, it's the 60s, so lots of smoking and beating up and karate and whatever, but it is absolutely spot on the inspiration. So if anyone love Velvet, pick up some Modesty Blaze. There are like 18 volumes of this. Awesome. Bob, five seconds. Yes. <laughs> Bob always nails it every single time. He doesn't even look at the clock either. So it's very, we're getting, Bob also got a very light tone um, for his, for his buzzer. Oh, um, I'm just picking whatever comes up. So we you know, like the I, James Bond theme or something, <laughs> or maybe the Avengers would have been nice. Um, all right, Stephanie, you ready? I am. Okay. Lightning round. Go. This is going to be easy because I've only read one thing because I've been away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing I'm going to talk about is, the Empty Man from Boom Studios. So I was going to talk about this last week, but I got sidetracked with other things, not shockingly. Anyways, this is a book about um, a disease that's going around. People are getting really sick. They don't understand why they're getting sick. Uh, people are basically going crazy and just committing suicide. Um, and they don't really, like, they can't figure out what kind of virus is infecting it. And the, the disease itself is called the empty man and no one really understands where um, the name came from. It just all of a sudden started being referred to as the empty man. People would go crazy and it was the empty man. Um, so there was, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's like a theory that the disease named itself and that it's kind of just, maybe more Ooh. than just a disease. And this first issue um, is creepy as heck. It's Cullen Bunn, yes. Cullen Bunn and Vanessa Del Rey. Um, and, you know, it starts out as kind of what's going on, what's making these people sick. There's people investigating. I think it's the CDC. Uh, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're looking for um, somebody who's sick that's left the uh, quarantine zone. So that person is potentially infecting other people. Um, and along the way, they discover that this disease might actually be something far more sinister. Um, and that is the big, you know, dun, dun, dun that comes. So I won't tell you what that may or may not be, but it was a really incredible first issue um, with just fantastic art and a really interesting premise that, you know, kind of takes contagion to a whole new level of creepy yeah absolutely um, i don't know if any of you guys read it or not but it's, I did. it's terrifying yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah um and again without spoiling anything that last page is just like 
what? <laughs> no. Um, so I picked up the second issue while I was at Baltimore Comic Con this weekend, and I intended to read it today, but then I slept all day. <laughs> so, how, many, man. how many issues of this will there be um as far as i know it's ongoing yeah oh. i think it's ongoing yeah. yeah um so there's two issues out so far and i think the third comes out oh wait no, there's out. more than that yeah the third's at least out mm-hmm. yeah okay so never mind the, the second issue that i have here says two of six. Oh, okay yeah so oh, okay. the first one says number one which led me to believe it was ongoing but number two <laughs> says it's limited all right hmm. i think it'll be a good that's good as limited though i think Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I I think there's only so much you can do with what they've Ooh. given us. Time up. Isn't uh, yeah. can I ask a question though? Oh, got an Bob. echo. There's an echo coming. But besides that, isn't Vanessa Del Rey that teenage singer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> isn't she? That's Lana Del Rey. Lana, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> well, at least it's not Vanessa Del Rio. I'm hip to what the high school them. kids are. Uh, listening I was letting to them have goodness. it, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! All that right. teenage singer. That's yeah. that teenage singer. singer. Get off <laughs> my lawn! <laughs> oh man! I still have a Victrola at home. What are you talking about? Bob, Do you really? you're my favorite. <laughs> All right, Steve, you ready for some lightning round? I'm ready. All right, Steve, lightning round, go. First lightning round book is Hawkeye versus Deadpool number one from Jerry Dugan and Matteo Lolly. Uh, it's Halloween. And Deadpool is off trick-or-treating with his friends in Hawkeye's neighborhood. And wouldn't you know it, there's shenanigans about uh, in the streets, kids everywhere, tons and tons of costumes to check out, both in the Marvel classic movie monsters and even the DC realm of comics. (gasps) If you look closely, you will find the Scarecrow, you'll find Man Bat, you'll see all manner of kids and adults alike running around uh, portraying their favorite characters. But there's one guy in the street who is very, he's he's very upset and he runs over to Deadpool and he hands him some shitty coconut candy and lo, there is a thumb drive inside that contains some pretty nasty information that both he and Hawkeye, after running into one another uh, within the neighborhood, have to decide what to do with it. They have a disagreement about the information and decide that it's round one fight. Um, book is great. I, I really enjoyed it. It takes elements from both uh, Fractions Hawkeye and Deadpool's uh, Dugan's Deadpool and kind of throws them in a blender and mixes up the humor and presentations. Uh, it's really over the top and silly and brings like, I think like a smattering of uh, Rick Remender's Deadpool from Uncanny X-Force of that he's willing to sacrifice himself for others and he has kind of this sensibility about him that you don't always see uh underneath like all the jokes and all the the shena- like all the crazy stuff that he does um he's willing to put himself in, in uh you know in front of others uh to keep them from harm which is one of the the most endearing things i think about his character and the other book i want that i read that i really enjoyed was death of wolverine from charles soule and steve mcniven that um Make, making me nervous with that time, man. <laughs> so here's the deal. Wolverine, as you know, is he's dying. And <gasps> the, word, no. the word is out. And pretty much everybody that has ever had a beef with Wolverine is coming after him. So he decides rather than having everybody else, you know, get in the wake of all this, he's going to go off to a remote island and put the word out and say, if you want to come and get me, come and get me here away from, you know, people and other heroes and whatnot and just deal with me. The first one to show up is uh, a villain by the name of Nuke. They duke it out. 
and it's basically just going to be, I guess, fight after fight, and the, the final days of Wolverine. Really, really enjoyed the art from Steve McNiven, and Charles Soule has a really, really good sense of who Wolverine is, and has really created a kind of like an like a, a just a an air about the book that you really feel like these are Wolverine's final days. Um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the run, see how it all ends up. And uh, I had more to say, but I think I'm out of time. You are out of time. Boom. Perfect. Done. Four seconds. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Let's see who this one is. Hey! <laughs> oh. Death of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't stop it. It's frozen. No. Your encapsulated future chicken is done. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're, we're, we're clipping along here. Um, not just me left. Just my lightning round left. Lightning round me. Go. All right. So uh, really quickly, um, Grayson, Future's End, number one. So DC has begun its Future's End uh, month of books. And I got to tell you, I read the Earth 2 one. And for I just I opened it up and I forgot that that's what the hook was that it was five years later, <laughs> and so I was like, "What the hell is going on in this book? Did, Did I, I miss an issue?" Exactly, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh right, it's five years later." So then I would I, I enjoyed that issue. That was fine, but Grayson was really cool because it's a brand new book, so there's not really a lot to draw mm. from, and he does kind of they do kind of a cool uh, memento type of thing where it starts at the latest point and goes back to the earliest oh. point. Like it goes all the way back to like oh, okay. Grayson as Robin, um, Dick Grayson as Robin. So it's a really, really cool, uh, a book. Um, the names by Peter Milligan. And, um, uh, it's, uh, we, we had a question about this, this last week, I believe. And I, I read it and it's cool. It's, yeah, I read that today. It was a little, it's weird and intense. Uh, I like, I like the main character. I think that mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting kind of, reverse take on the the victim scenario uh so i think i'm gonna give it another chance i wasn't blown away by it but i did uh, really like it a lot and i just want to hop on to two of the books that steve mentioned as well uh hawkeye versus deadpool and the death of wolverine which are two of my favorite books of the of the week really i thought hawkeye versus deadpool did a really great job like you said of capturing those two things yeah i loved kind of like the aja type page mm-hmm. near the end where it's kind of doing the pizza dog thing and deadpool is commenting on the panel structure yeah. I thought that was really really funny and entertaining and death of wolverine i gotta say i i, I haven't been reading any wolverine stuff I neither picked, have i i picked it up to you know just know what was going on and see what it was like and in spite of the five dollar price tag which is too much because most of the book is supplemental material and not yeah. an actual comic book. Hmm. The art is absolutely gorgeous, uh, and I think the story is really interesting. Obviously, we know it's not going to be a, a, a full time thing, Wolverine <gasps> being gone forever. But <laughs> spoiler guy, you sorry, but I do think what they're the story that they're writing is really interesting and, and good. So I was I was surprised by both these books actually. I picked up Hawkeye versus Deadpool and Death of Wolverine. Just to give them a try is kind of, I'll try these once and then put them away and probably never read them again. And I'm probably going to keep buying both of them oh. for the miniseries. So wow. uh, I, I really enjoyed them both. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how much time do I have left? I have, I have a whole 30 seconds Let left. Let me ask you a question. Sing a song though. for us, Bobby. Yeah, what's up, Steve? Death of Wolverine. You didn't find that the, the $5 price tag that you got, like all of that director's cut stuff... Like, I didn't want it though. That's, okay. That, that, that's, yeah. it, it's, it's a lot of cool information. Yeah. The interview with Len Wein is really neat. Um, all those, all the 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 detail and stuff is really great. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it should have been. You can buy the regular book, or yes. you can buy Death of Wolverine Director's Cut Edition right. for five dollars. Just know? like with these DC covers. I mean, you, the regular got... book would have been four dollars. Right, right, but still, I'm just saying, like, I'd rather have spent the four dollars yeah. than. Right. <laughs> uh, and I will say the one thing about the Future Zen thing is that it, it's. 
I don't like that they don't put the creative teams on the covers. Yeah. It's intentionally deceiving because mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. I bought the Earth 2 one and I was like, oh, this is none of the regular team at all doing this book. You know, and it's my fault for not looking inside the book, but I was like, oh, I just, I just assumed it and I bought it. Well, remember back when we solicited these, I actually I labored on some ridiculous chart that's now buried somewhere in, in, in my notes from past shows where there were, I think, only one quarter of the books actually done by their regular creative team. Wow. And there were another bit that were done by the writers and a couple by the artists. But it, w- it was about telling yeah. a story out of continuity. So they approached, I guess, other writers and artists yeah, who yeah. wanted a shot. And it's great. But like you said, then they should put that on the cover. Exactly. I don't mind that there's different people. Yep. Just put that on the cover. So I know. So you're, you're being honest with your readers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, that's going to be our, our lightning round uh, segment. Joey, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us for this little bit and oh, helping man, us celebrate. That was, that was stressful. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> helping us yeah. celebrate the 150th episode of Talking Comics. and uh, Absolutely. We'll have you back on for a full episode soon, my friend. I do like, yep. before he goes, I like Joey's answer to oh, we got a question, one of the right? things we yeah. just, one of our questions that we were going to answer later. So we'll give <laughs> you full credit for that one. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read your answer later, I promise. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Thank you, Thanks, Joey. Joey. Thanks, Joey. All right. Speak to you soon. Bye. Yep. All right. So we should have Adam uh, Shaw calling in any second uh, to talk about uh, some Valiant stuff Ooh. as well. Um, so, but Stephanie, do you want to ask that question, actually? Sure. Okay. So uh, Wiccan House on Twitter wants to know, if you could have two characters from any medium duke it out, who would they be and why? Who would win? And then he ends it off with, thanks for all you do. And Joey's answer was, and he didn't provide a why or anything, but he said Buffy versus Jane Eyre. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't top that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair for for Jane Eyre, I don't think. <laughs> I thought you were about to say for Buffy. Well, yeah, no, I'm just, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Jane Eyre went through a lot of oppression and shit. Yeah, Mister Rochester is just not a good person. But Buffy has superpowers. Well, everyone's a slayer. <laughs> Jane Eyre's a teacher. What <laughs> she had to put up with? Oh, we are joined by um by Adam Shaw. Hello. Adam, thank Hello, you so much. Adam. Yeah, you? thanks for letting me come on. Oh, of course. How are you doing tonight? Uh it's it's well it's morning here. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say right. what's you the... are, you're back in Japan, right? Yes. It's yeah. nine nine twenty in the morning. Oh wow. wow. So this is kinda of perfect yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's uh, comics and coffee, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh if you guys don't know, uh, Adam hosts our Valiant podcast, Talking Valiant. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys just put up an interview with Robert Venditti, who yeah. uh, writes nice. Exo Man of War and is obviously also writing Green Lantern over at, over mm-hmm. at DC. Um, and The Flash. And The Flash as I well. I was that's informed. Right. That's right. I did not know that going into the interview, and I felt kind of a little silly at the end when he mentioned <laughs> that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, about that, he's yeah. writing that with Van Jensen, I believe. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, everybody should check Talking Valiant out. But... Adam, we thank goodness you do talking Valiant because we rarely speak about Valiant on, on, oh, the, I know. on the podcast. I know, um, and you've taken a lot of pressure off us, Adam. Yes, because <laughs> now Yay. we have a whole show dedicated to Valiant. Uh, I talked about a Valiant book last week. Though we talked about uh, the Doctor Mirage book that mm-hmm. came out last week, which but- is sold out everywhere. Oh, really? <laughs> I've tried to pick that up at three different shops and gone. So you guys over at Valiant are doing that. So that's a good deal, Adam. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it was all because of me talking about it. Could be. <laughs> yeah, it probably was because uh, we just talked about it uh, yesterday. So too way late. too late. Yeah. Too- <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Adam, I, I asked you beforehand to come up with a, a Valiant book to, to talk about. What what Valiant series or book are you just you think is the best that you're loving right now? 
Uh, well, before that, I just got back from DragonCon. Oh, right. And I met, I met Kelly Sudaconic, and I mentioned I would write for the site, and she says she loves you guys, and she really loves Bob, and to say hi to Bob. So. <laughs> Everyone loves Bob. Uh, Yeah, they do. Talking comics. Oh my god, I love Bob so much. (laughs) I'm gonna have to leverage my position here. One of our fans, like in Baltimore, uh, I believe Mike, he came up to me and he was like, "When do you think Bob's gonna be on Twitter?" (laughs) So not never, never. It's Mm -hmm. all about you, Bob. What about Bob? (laughs) Bob's your all about Bob. Oh, man. So, oh. of course, Kelly Sue said hello to Bob. Well, we love you, too, <laughs> Kelly Sue. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. All right. So, how was Dragon Con, by the way, Adam? Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, a bit of a blur at times, because uh, it's kind of a... Uh, there's, there's five hotels, but three of them are connected by Skywalks, so you can have a drink Ooh. and never go outside, so you don't have any open container. Mm. So, it's, it's like a big party, uh, less corporate stuff than most like cons there's no like big announcements it's just kind of walking around going to panels going to artist alley uh being drunk most of the time (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fun nice nice um so tell us about some valiant adam um some valiant okay let's see uh well this week there's a delinquents number two coming out which um it's the team up of uh well, I don't know if they're teaming up yet. They haven't teamed up yet. But Archer and Armstrong and uh, Quantum and Woody mm. are kind of coming together. And um, both those series got a lot of um, nods at the Harvey Awards this past week. Yeah. So you should check out uh, Quantum and Woody and uh, Archer and Armstrong. Archer and Armstrong is really good. And uh, Delinquents, is, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun so far. It's really funny. It's got like a kind of a, I don't know, like this late 80s, early 90s kind of like a, to me, it felt like a, like a buddy, kind of team up movie or something. Like the people that get like reluctantly thrust into like, you guys got to be heroes now. But I don't, I don't know. I can't think of any good Red examples. Heat. <laughs> yeah, Red come on, sure. that was a big one. <laughs> Running scared. Running scared is a good one. Yeah, good one. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's it's yeah. That's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's more of a humor book. I think if you're more into serious books. Uh, definitely something like a rye. Uh, sorry, like the bread. <laughs> um, that it's it's pretty good. The art is pretty phenomenal from uh, Clayton Crane. It's all like painted in Photoshop and looks awesome. Oh yeah, he did uh, my, that like uh, that that Carnage series a while back. Clayton Crane. The uh, I think so. Carnage USA. He was the artist on that, and that stuff was was stunning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, uh, so you, obviously you're, 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 you're headfirst submerged in Valiant stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously you said Quantum and Woody and Archer and Armstrong. Um, Mm -hmm. what that, those are, those are great right now. Delinquent is great. What do you think is like the flagship Valiant title that anyone could read? I mean, someone's really into Marvel and DC and they're looking for kind of a, you know, to look at the superhero side of stuff in Valiant, um, and their, their take on all, uh, on the superhero. What, What would be the one book you tell them to pick up? Oh, one book. If I if you, uh, I'm gonna go Exo Manowar. If you just want like a single hero, if you want like a team book, then go for Unity. Uh, their heroes are a lot different than Marvel and DC. They're I don't know. It's not just good and bad. There's a lot of like I want to say they're a little more adult at times in the like the themes. Like you don't know who's 
bad. They're not necessarily all agree. They all have different motives. Uh, some have been around a thousand years, a couple thousand years. Some people work for governments, uh, so they have you know maybe have different agendas or assignments. Uh, but def- definitely, I think one thing Valiant does is um, with that kind of exo man of war right now, and um, even with the Armor Hunters event going on right now, I, th- I think they do events uh, really well, better than uh, Marvel. Like the event books are pretty short; they've only had two events. But I, I think in the review I did for Armor Hunters, one of the s- series uh, a couple months ago, I mentioned that uh, it's kind of like an outfit. So if you want to just read one of the series in the event. If you just want to read Armor Hunter's uh, Harbinger, that's great. You got a nice jacket. And if you want to read another one, you can. It's like a pair of shoes. So you can read them all, and you have a nice outfit. Or you can just pick and choose the piece you want to read. And they don't. They tie in, but it's not confusing. Or if you're not reading one, you're totally missing out on the other. Um, what a great so idea! I, yeah, so I think they read. they do that really well. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's one thing that I think that obviously Marvel and DC could probably learn mm-hmm. a little bit from. Uh, Marvel, I think even more than DC in, in that, because I think DC does a, does a decent job of it with their events, you know, kind of sectioning mm-hmm. off stuff and being able to take things in pieces. I mean, Marvel, not at all. You you have to read it all, or you don't read anything. Yeah, <laughs> basically, much. the, the Marvel mm-hmm. way. Um, but that's cool, awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like we we've had, you know, I I really like Doctor Mirage, and I've liked kind of the little bits I've read into it, but I, nothing has really has really grabbed me yet. But I. I, I what I read at Exo Man of War I, I did really like and the idea the idea of unity was really interesting to me but I felt like when I was reading it like I was I felt getting like I was getting lost a little bit because I didn't know any of the characters. Right, yeah. right. I I would probably recommend starting with Exo Man of War just because it's a it's one character one main character and he's kind of got an interesting journey from the past and kind of kind of a Captain America man stuck out of time but he's got thousands of years to of uh, making up to do, and it's, it's a totally different world. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how often do you record uh, Talking Valiant, Adam? We do it every uh, two weeks. We usually record over the weekend, and we try to release them on Tuesday uh, every other week. So we just did one yesterday. Okay. And um, Or today, depending on <laughs> where you're at in the world. And uh, the next one will be in two weeks, and we're kind of we're gonna do something. It's the tenth episode. We're gonna do uh, a new to Valiant. So if you're new to Valiant, if you don't know anything about Valiant, uh, check us out episode ten, the next one. And we're gonna do kind of spoiler free. If you like, say you like, uh, if you like Deadpool, maybe you'll like, you know, Quantum and Woody or Delinquents, or if, kind of telling you like if you if you like these series, then maybe you want to check out these series. Where to start? Uh, you know, should you go start at the beginning? Should you, can you start with the current issue? We're going to do a kind of a, uh, I guess a, an episode for for noob, valiant fans. That's awesome. Beautiful. That's I'm going to listen to that one. Cool. So I can get into that. Um, <laughs> Adam, uh, tell people where they can they can follow you on Twitter and where they can get the the podcast on Twitter as well. Okay, you can get the podcast if you go to uh, just if you go to talkingcomicbooks.com at the top. There's that podcast tab, and it drops down. There's Talking Valiant right there. You can also find us on iTunes. Um, you'll, you'll if you type in Valiant Podcast and you scroll over a couple, we're there. Um, <laughs> iTunes takes a long time for their store to update. Yes, I've actually does. changed. I've changed icons and uh, descriptions, and it, it's. Once you subscribe, it if you it'll pop up in the podcast app is changing, but on the actual store, it's um. 
it hasn't changed in months. Yeah. But it's we're on iTunes. Uh, you can even find the direct link or the iTunes link from the Talking Comics uh, website, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at No Nothing Nerd K N O W Nothing Nerd, and also we just started a Talking Valiant Twitter. So if you want to just follow that, it's at Talking Valiant. And, um, yeah, that's it, I think. Awesome, awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for uh, hopping on and helping us celebrate 150. Yeah, thanks for having me, and congratulations, guys. Oh, thanks. Right. thanks. Great to much, actually Adam. speak to you. This is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, this, this is the first time I've talked to Bob, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. We, we did the, our, our comics and coffee together. That, that right. One. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is the first time you've been on the actual podcast, is it? Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I had to start my own podcast to get it's on. True, one. true. Well, you, there is a little, I didn't realize the time difference put us like this in line. You know, like that. Like you actually, it's like the morning for you there. Uh, well, I was. I'm not working. I work at home now. Oh, uh, okay. So that makes sense. And this, that's that's just started from this week. So. So we'll definitely would have def- been it would have been impossible from the past. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely have you on again for for a full show. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Adam. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> bye, Adam. Take guys. All right. Bye. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we have a listener uh, supposed to call in soon, but while we're waiting... Um, or not. No, that, that, that was just Adam hanging up. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, while we're waiting, uh, Bob, why don't you tell us, what, what, was the, what was your book of the week? Well, for the first time ever, I have a book of the week, and I don't have it in front of me. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, because it's digital. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Things are changing are around what here. What have you done with Bob? <laughs> Well, you know, it's thanks to you, Stephanie, because my book of the week is Bandette Number 8 from Monkey Brain, which is Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover, and this story is called The Eighth Wonder of the World, to go with everything else that's been going on in her presto world of strange capers and so on. When last we left our Bandette, she had dispatched, and with Pinoche, of course, the fearsome and horrific Il Tradice, the Strangler, while she was parachuting out of an airplane on a plane to America. Uh, that's what you do, mm-hmm. of course. Now, while all this was going on, the evil head of Fini, the, the vile absinthe, is having his whole place robbed by the traditional master thief, who has not quite so much panache, but quite a bit of himself, Mansour. Am I doing that pretty close to the French pronunciation, Stephanie, or am I way off? Monsieur. Monsieur. Okay. Monsieur. Boy, he can't even escape. There's so many bad guys running around that he ends up you know, hiding in a in a closet, basically. Finds his way out, sort of sidles up to Absinthe's girlfriend, Margot. <laughs> they engage in some romantic banter, and it's all very interesting. We also have discovered that Margot may be double-dealing behind Absinthe's back. <gasps> Ta-da-da! Ah, terrible, right? Now, while all this was going on, Bandit's trying to find her way home on a truck full of hogs <laughs> and she names herself the queen of the pirate pigs nice and and asked the guy driving the truck by the way do any um, i should do this actually from the the quote um do they know how to sword fight about the pigs the pigs of course they well do. they're pirate pigs so they should sword fight and the, the truck driver is don't believe so no <sighs> he has but no imagination she asked she asked him for candy bars and it's the usual fun romp. We end up here, though, with uh, Inspector Belgique raiding the joint. <laughs> but, of course, Bandette's been there already. Everything is scattered to the winds. She's having a just grand old time. But in that, suspense ratchets up because you don't know what's going to happen. She's in danger. She could actually get hurt here. Mm. Will the Dread Strangler hurt her? Can someone from her past save her? 
Hmm. Hmm. And can, <laughs> and can Lieutenant Heloise Price overcome her indiscretion at putting a big, fat, wet kiss on the inspector's jawline? You sound like the, the, the middle and end of a Batman 66 episode. I'm working at that. I can't do that, uh, that voice, though, that William Dozier voice. I can't do. All I know is this is, thanks to Stephanie, and we discovered this during last year's Best Ofs, this is one of the most charmingly witty, funny, adventure-filled, all-ages books you can imagine, but with so much for grown-ups at the same time mm-hmm. that anyone who isn't reading this is missing out on something really, really special. If you don't do the digital thing, which I don't, Dark Horse did a wonderful that's yeah, hardcover that's book that was only $15 with five issues in it, tons of bonus stories and artwork, just absolutely charming. And everyone I've, I've shown this to is just... They make books like this? Yes. Yes, they do. Not everything is the usual Sturm and Drong of fighting and events and worlds blowing up. And there's some fun stuff out there, and this is at the top of that list. So, Bandit number eight, the eighth wonder of the world. Very awesome. Nice. Very awesome. I know, Seven, you don't have a uh, book of the week because all you read was Empty Man, right? It is. But I just actually, but we have a couple minutes, so talk about uh, Baltimore. Sure. So this weekend was Baltimore Comic Con. Um, I got into town a little bit early um, to go up with Bill to a signing at Captain Blue Hen Comics in uh, Delaware. And that shop was absolutely amazing. Um, A really great setup. It almost felt just more like a traditional bookstore. You know, there was a lot of stuff in there, but it wasn't all crammed into, you know, one of those long and narrow Mm-hmm. stores that's dark and has people just staring at you weirdly <laughs> i'm kidding anyways yeah. but it was a really great shop and um did a really great signing there and i bought so much stuff what a surprise um well bill was doing a signing so i was just like i'm gonna wander i haven't been to a comic shop in like three weeks because i've been away and Gallivan here i thing. am so i just filled up an entire box full of stuff and mm-hmm. was like these, please. Uh, I got myself my collection of the Runaways, so I can replace my like individuals and all this stuff. But then Baltimore happened, and it was the first uh, show with that was three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we were set up at um, in a guest section. I'll explain like all the nonsense <gasps> another time. But um, this probably set a record even before I get into kind of how the show itself was. The show set a record for the amount of people that came up to me to say that they listened to the show. Mm. Um, and I was kind of just like overwhelmed in a very good way. So many people were just like, oh, are you Stephanie? I listened to the podcast. And I was like, hey, thanks. <laughs> and like some people with this, like I was in the elevator and in a parking garage and some guy was like, oh, you're Bill. Oh, and you're Stephanie from Talking Comics. I love your show. <laughs> and then like the elevator door closed. I'm just like, thank you. So whoever you were, thank you. That was nice of you for saying so. Um, so it was really cool to just kind of talk to so many people and get a chance to, you know, remember that this doesn't just go out into the ether. You guys are so awesome to come up and talk to us. And I had a bajillion great conversations. And um, Katie Rex, I finally got to hang out with her a little oh, bit cool. too. <laughs> and uh, I got to see her amazing new Rat Queens tattoo. Oh, it's so cool. What? It's so cool. Oh, it's gorgeous. I'll show you a picture, Bob. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I just got to wander around and I got to talk to like Dave Gibbons. Dave Gibbons did a Rorschach cat for me in my a cat Rorschach cat. Yeah. Um, and I got commissions from Francesco Francovella. Of course. He did a Sabrina for me <gasps> and then signed it to Stephanie with magic. That's Aww. awesome. He posted it on Twitter if anyone's curious about seeing it. And then I got Ray Fox to do uh, uh, a pearl from American Vampire. Ooh. Oh, awesome. Uh, what a, what cool. a load you got here. My goodness. By the way, everyone, I'm sure you guys know like Ray Fox um, as a writer for like Constantine and Pandora and all this stuff. But do yourselves a favor and go look up his art. He is criminally underrated as an mm. artist. Didn't even know he was. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. He has several self-published books that have been nominated for Eisner's, Hugo's, uh, Harvey's. And he has another book coming out this fall, I believe. And he does these watercolors. He loves kind of like the 1920s and all that, which is why I was kind of like, oh, he should do Pearl. Um, and seriously, guys, go look up his art. I, I've been meaning to – he's always like the nicest person at Comic-Cons because we both live in Toronto. And every time I'm like, oh, I should get a commission from you. He's like, no, we live in Toronto. Don't spend your money on me right now. Like, get it later. He's like, don't worry, get it later. And then finally, I was just like, I never, I always see you at shows. I never see you when we're in the city. So just do a commission for him. He's like, okay, do you want to pick it up in Toronto? And I'm like, no, just do it now. (laughs) Um, But it turned out so beautiful. And I got all kinds of amazing swag um, from like the Harveys. And I was going to pipe in and say, I got a copy of Quantum and Woody as well to read and check out oh, awesome. um so <sighs> did you swipe a harvey from someone pardon did you swipe a harvey from someone when they weren't looking N- no oh, although too bad. david peterson won for uh mouse guard and he was he actually had like his uh statue at the table with him on sunday so it's kind of just like it, i mean if i was going to swipe an award that would have been my only opportunity okay. to do so <laughs> But I did swipe Harvey's swag oh. um, because you get really cool swag bags, and I didn't go to the award show. Hmm. So hmm. they uh, – Oh, James, you got to turn off your audio. <laughs> I have indeed, Jess. Sorry, I was running you through YouTube on the web PC and through my phone at the same time. It's, it's all just right. terrible. Uh, <laughs> James Hammond, thank you so much for calling in. Our first listener call in on Talking Comics 150. Pleasure. Um, hey man, <laughs> you are your uh, what your part time powers on on um, uh, yes, one and only. on Twitter yes a, 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 a frequent contributor to yes. to our Twitter and to to interacting with talking comics talking uh, games as well talking games as well yeah you awesome awesome listener so thank you so much for calling in let's get right to you had a couple questions for us right so throw one at us <clears throat> yeah got a cracking one so of course superheroes appear in 1939 and they you know change everything but we've never i've never actually come across any superheroes who were written afterwards to be set in the time periods before we haven't for example got a captain america of the great war or anything like that but perhaps your bob knows Mm -hmm. of a character who is written to be set in different time periods so there you go what any any characters that fit the criteria sure uh union jack Oh, because they had set him in World War One initially, and then they had his son. I guess it was uh, was part of the Invaders crew. Mm. As you can imagine, Captain America wouldn't work so well in the Great War. I mean, he'd just be sitting in a trench getting shell shock. Yeah, get some mustard <laughs> gas <laughs> thrown on him. 
And you just oh, walk in right at the end, yeah. you know? Uh, <laughs> DC's the Phantom Eagle, who was a, a World War One flying ace. Would mm-hmm. count, yes. I guess. And we're not counting oh, cavemen or knights powerful. in armor and stuff, right? <laughs> None of that stuff counts. That's just too simple. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just trying to think what my second question was now. Oh, goodness, I need to bring up my uh, emails and everything. I no, guess fact, uh, I guess Vandal Savage could have fought in World War One. He fought his... in every war exactly. since the, since the <laughs> yeah. Neanderthal versus Cro-Magnon. So, yeah, he would count. Yeah. Usually on the bad guy's side, I would say. Yeah, usually. 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 Not always, but usually, in yes. Fact, um, that one's uh, something Valiant's quite good for because their characters, as uh, Adam Shaw just mentioned, stretch quite far back. Uh, but while I, w- I was listening to you on YouTube, you mentioned uh, Hawkeye versus Deadpool number one. Oh my life! If Hawkeye doesn't turn up in a tinfoil Ultron costume in the second Avengers movie, <laughs> that was cinema. I do want to see choice. that. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So this is the big one. Uh, I've got a recommendation for Bob. Uh, you mentioned the um, oh, the manga. It was based on oh goodness me, oh, Barefoot Gen. That's the one. Yes, yeah. I've got a British version of that. Ooh. Now, if you know 1984, the th- movie probably- Threads. No, it's oh. similar and related. Came out around the same time. Okay. Now, of course, uh, you know of um, uh, the snowman. I'm pretty sure everyone knows about that, no matter where you come from. Little boy makes a snowman, flies off to the North Pole. We don't not know. No, we don't really no, have that don't story that here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, basically, the same guy who wrote that wonderful kid story wrote the most horrifying, I suppose you could say, um, potential you know, realistic science fiction about a nuke going off. Okay, cool. It's called... When the Wind Blows by Raymond Briggs. Uh, 32 pages long will absolutely destroy you. Uh, okay. really, really good. Raymond Briggs. I'm writing it down as I we speak. It. <laughs> It'll I cripple you def- emotionally. Read it. <laughs> no, I, I'm having grown up when once a month we had air raid drills and we ducked and covered and hid behind our desk. And as Lewis Black says, oh, that's great. Hide behind your desk, which is made oh. of wood. <laughs> what yeah, good is it when there's a nuclear fireball? Yeah, it's yeah, just, it was just literally just to teach people. Yeah, those pamphlets that are you're giving you advice, they're worthless. It's no one bollocks. wins in that situation. Yep. <laughs> uh, threads, if it, no one's ever seen that, we know the day after the, the film. Actually, apparently President Reagan found so appalling, he actually started to do something about nuclear weapons. But well, the, I think but, I know Fred's. Fred's is set in London. Uh, yes. It has an amputation. Oh, it's by the same guy. Exact same person. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is horrific. It makes the day after look like My Fair Lady. <laughs> it, um, is, it is awful beyond words. There's also a very short 65 British film called The War Game. Yes. Which, which yeah. is, we, I saw that in school as a little boy, which that was great. Show that to an 11-year-old. Yeah, great, <laughs> thanks. Right. At least when Question there were giant three. bugs, it was right. okay. But <laughs> people dying from radiation poisoning, not so hot. <laughs> so When the Wind Blows, Raymond Briggs. I'm oh, on yeah. that. Um, I should say I'm sorry for recommending it, but it's really that good. <laughs> uh, this one is kind of for Steve. Okay. You're the one who's saying Talking Games has forced your people to play outside of your comfort zone. Yes. But I haven't really heard anyone in the Talking Comics saying I've read something that I would never have read, you know, in quite a while. And I've listened to you for a considerable amount of time now. What's a book that you want someone else to read that they haven't and you can make them because of this podcast? Ah, see, it's funny that you asked that because the book that I'm talking about tonight for my book of the week um, is actually a book called Naja, and it's from J.D. Morvan and art by Ben Gall. This is a book that I'm going to be passing around. I already have about eight people uh, waiting in line to read it. 
Um, so if I could pass along any book uh, to, to the members of the podcast or just hand people a book in general, uh, currently it would be Naja. You know, I reviewed this and actually had this as a book of the week a little while ago, right? (laughs) I do know that, Stephanie. (laughs) All right. He does listen. (laughs) Um, Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think I'm more or less out of time. I don't want to hold the queue up any more than I already have. Well, thank you so much, James, for for calling in. Awesome to hear from you. And uh, thank you for being such a vital part of the community. Well, I do try to write on the forums, but then I forget to actually hit the send button, so Twitter works out no. better for me. Well, I have a recommendation for James before he goes. Very quickly, Bob. We got okay. our, our next very, caller coming okay, in. Okay, very quickly. What you should read is that Miss Fury number one that came out from Dynamite. I think it's really great. That's oh, it's... Yeah, <laughs> joy. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, James. We'll talk to you later. See you another day. Right. Bye-bye, James. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. We're keeping the train going here. Woof. Choo-choo. Oh, man. Hello, is this comic books? This is comic books, yes. <laughs> Mike Kelly, thank you so much. That for, is me. Thank you so much for calling in. How's it going, guys? It's going awesome. great. Thanks for calling. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you got you have, a, you have a, a question for us, Mike? Yeah, I'm OCD enough that I had to diagram my call. <laughs> um, I just want to say, first of all, I like the show because I appreciate the mix of news and talking, especially because you guys kind of will talk about more controversial topics um and i just had a couple questions just like let me know you know if you want to do one or whatever um and i actually just met steph at uh, baltimore comic-con which got me wondering what your guys' best and worst experiences at cons are huh Ooh. that's a good question uh i well i can tell you the one that comes to my head right away and this is not something actually happened at a con but it ha- happened as a result of a con uh last new york comic-con and i've talked about this a little bit before uh, I commissioned an artist to do a commission for me. Oh. Um, and we are now just about a year out of it, yeah. and he has completely stopped contacting me, uh, even. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I sent him emails and stuff, and just nothing back. Wow. Um, so that was a really sour experience because I paid him for the commission, and then I never got anything, and now there's no contact. What's his name? I'm not saying his name out loud because no. I don't, not, not because I don't, I don't want him to get in trouble because I don't want to give him the publicity. More people know who we are than know who he is. So I'm not going <laughs> to, oh, it's true. Bang. Burn. It's true. And then I'm not yeah. going to give him extra publicity All right. by saying I his name. That. Um, but that was a really bad experience for me. So much so that, you know, I'm getting, we're getting ready for New York Comic Con again. And I've been talking to, uh, you know, I looked to the artists' names and I've been trying to figure out people I want to get commissions for, trying to get their commissions list early. And, I, and, you know, some of them are like, oh, it costs this much. And I'm like, do you mind if I give you like half now and half when it's done because I got burned, you know, before mm. doing this. So uh, that's been a little bit rough. That was the, that was definitely the worst experience I've had, um, not at the actual con, but that was just a, a, as a result of the con. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's mine. Uh, Bob, any bad experiences? Bad? No. Honestly? <laughs> Uh, maybe trudging through the mud in the old days of Icon, where there there was no planning, and there was the the nickname for the con was MudCon <laughs> because the entire campus was under construction and it always rained at the end of March. Yeah. So I wandered through a lot of parking lots with boxes of my friend Frank's comic books and going to tables and just smelt like a wet rat, <laughs> just cold and miserable. And but with actually, cl- our Comic Con in Des Moines is called Icon. Iowa Con. Oh, ah, okay, that makes sense. Well, ours was I hyphen Con, so I guess we're we're <laughs> we're, we're separate enough. And our icon is is finished. It so is. It's yeah. Long lamented, but gone. <laughs> um, Stephanie, any really bad experiences? You've been to um, so, so many more than we have. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think there's anything that 
at New York Comic Con every year, I seem to get in fights with security guards. Cause, Saw one of those last year, yep. Yeah, because they never know what's going on and all that stuff. But, I mean, that's not really, like, the con itself. Um, for the most part, I think my experiences are pretty good. Um, usually, like, if I ever have a bad experience, it's just, like, a weird comment or something that somebody makes in passing, which is also very rare. But most of the time, it's just more fun for me to be there than anything. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Steve, what about you? I've had nothing but great times. Seriously. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really have. Um, two of my favorite uh, instances at, at Comic-Cons, one, of course, being um, meeting my, my girlfriend now at a um, Geek Girl Con after party the first year that we went to uh, New York City Comic-Con. And just this uh, this past, not this past weekend, the weekend before, I went to Fan Expo in Toronto and was walking around and, and had a conversation earlier in the day about how I don't freak out when I see celebrities. I don't really, you know, go nuts. Lo and behold, I'm walking through the main floor and I spot Robert England. Wow. I fanboyed the hell out. <laughs> let go of my girlfriend's hand and just ran across the <laughs> main Freddy, yeah. I didn't get to meet him, but I got to stand there and stare at him for about five minutes. And it was amazing. I'm sure that wasn't creepy at all. No. And then security came. Yeah. No, security. Yeah. I will say this. The security, the woman that was watching his line was really cool and just st- stood there and like kind of kept us at bay and talked to us about like Robert and like the movies he's done and all that stuff. So we had a great conversation anyway, but like three, five feet away from him just to see him in person, I mean, he was the first person to ever truly scare the shit out of me. So, you know, to to have him stand right there, and he looks amazing. He looks amazing. Just to be near him, sure. I feel like I achieved something. Right, it was yeah, really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally got to have dinner with Chewbacca on the weekend. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I saw you tweet about that. That's amazing. That's right. You just reminded me of that. Like, we're sitting down at dinner, and then all of a sudden, like, Peter Mayhew comes in and, like, there's two chairs beside me free. So him and his assistant came and sat with me. Ooh, and I was wow. like, hey, <laughs> this is so cool. You're like, and then what that a happened. That was a good thing that happened. That was cool. And I made him laugh, guys. I'm funny. We know huh, that. You can take me out of <laughs> You can take me places. <laughs> and then somebody, I think, tweeted, was like, did he say that his food was chewy? Hmm. Oh. Did you block that person? <laughs> <laughs> I like puns. Puns are amazing. They're delicious. Mm. They are. Mm. What is that? Yeah. Puns. They're uh, they're, they're only acceptable punny. like in movie review titles. That is not. <laughs> no, true. Bobby, not a, I love wrong. a good pun. Um, oh, all right. So, do we? Do you have another question for us, Mike? Yeah, actually, I had a two-part question for Bob because um, I'm actually doing a blog on old Avengers comics. And uh, when you do it, you sort of read some of the uh, ways in which female characters were treated back in the 60s, mm-hmm. which is to say, not particularly well. And so I was sort of interested in that. And with Bob being a big Fantastic Four fan, the first part of the question is, could he talk just for a second about the way Sue sort of evolved uh, over the years into the character that she is today? And the second part of the question is, when is he going to get on Twitter? <laughs> Never to answer the second part first. Uh, it sounds like where I'm on 21 with uh, Charles Van Doren. But th- the thing with Sue was, I remember I wrote a piece about her for our first Women in Comics Week, and it, it, in some ways, the evolution of Sue Storm actually mirrors the, the women's liberation movement, 
where she started as a girlfriend character, which was in a lot of uh, not only action fiction, regular dramatic fiction, except for books written specifically for another purpose. Even though Stan said he wanted her to be an active part of the team, she kind of wasn't. And in FF11, where they actually answered real listeners' questions, the Fantastic Four did, sitting there, people complaining about what Sue was doing, which was nothing, they began to change things. As Trina Robbins points out in her uh, Great Women Superheroes, that Sue's power set basically mirrored the Victorian woman. When she got excited, she or used her power, she fainted away after becoming invisible. <laughs> but in, you know, it's issue 20, they give her the, the, the force fields. Eventually, she makes a, a decision about Reed and Namor and starts to be more aggressive toward these things. As we move through the issues in the 50s and 60s, she's a more vital part of the team, really stands up to Dr. Doom a couple of times. By the time we get to uh, John Byrne, who really took her to another level, he rechristened her the Invisible Woman, had her use her powers offensively as well as defensively used flying discs and could fly around the city she led the team a lot of times it is really it's great that you bring this up in this way because it really did evolve over these years and you can fault the creators of that period for not being forward thinking but it's hard to get too hard on people to not be 30 years ahead of their time a little bit well, right, and kind of reading the Avengers when you see the Wasp leave and Scarlet Witch come in, you sort of see an improvement there. The, mm-hmm. the Scarlet Witch is a much more important member of the team than Wasp was, where Wasp was just kind of, you know, basically like a you know, like a girlfriend character. Yeah, it, uh, despite the fact she named the Avengers, yeah, she was really just a, a plus one. It wanted where to change. Scarlet Witch has some agency and some, and her powers actually matter. I mean, yeah, and th- there are a lot of people. Myself included, at a certain level, I really love what they called Cap's Kooky Quartet, which you're you're probably right in the middle of, right? I'm actually in in the blog. I'm up to issue 25. I'm currently okay. right up oh. to issue 30. Oh, you yeah, just I did think the it's, two it's really issues. really interesting. And the issues that I'm in now, they just had them fight uh, Power Man and Enchantress and then Kang. Yeah, and oh, it's the- kind of interesting because that's the first time the new team had to actually fight some of the real serious heroes. Yeah. They had to fight the Swordsman and uh, you know a couple other kind of. Got to build Semi-faceless up to that. Semi-faceless characters for a while, but... Yeah, that, that Kang double feature, someone just asked for uh, Kang recommendations, 23 and 24 are some of the best. Absolutely. And Doctor, yeah, they, the Doctor they posted in my, in my little thing about the Avengers, too. And I, I, told, I gave him the same recommendation you did. It, it's a neat story. Yeah. Though Kang gets some of his own agency. He really, he has some dignity in this, and he's not just a bad guy. All the Ravona stuff really, really works. And just real quickly again, could you just say, who all is Kang? Because it's Immortus is, oh. I guess, Kang, and so Iron Lad is. And so is maybe Rama Tut and Doctor Doom and the Scarlet Centurion. Maybe, oh, okay. Maybe. I haven't gotten him yet. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It depends what, and, and maybe they're all set into place by Nathaniel Richards. <laughs> you have to ask Jonathan Hickman. It's on his whiteboard somewhere. <laughs> he would know. He's the only person who might. Oh man! Well, Mike, thank he you definitely so, gets around. So, yes. Mike, thank you so much for for calling in. Uh, you mentioned your Avengers blog. You're you're going through every issue. Is that your plan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm going through. I'm doing. Originally, I was going to try to do 25 issues at a shot, but uh, mm-hmm. being that the first five issues took up about 1,500 words, I figured that that was a little unrealistic. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I'm just doing just doing five uh, five issues at a shot. It's just up on Word. It's just comicdork dot wordpress.com and I do put up a put up a blog every every Saturday. Awesome. So, hey, awesome. can I ask Mike a and question quick? You can ask him quick, but we have another call coming. Okay, real quick. 
What is, of you, the first 25, what's your favorite issue? Um, the one, and I can't remember the number, it's the one where they meet the, the Collusians. They, they, it, the, it's the, the alien race that's living on the south of the North Pole. You lost you remember me, that one? Oh my no, God, you just stumped they, Bob. stumped me. They, they, it's basically they, they kidnap this scientist because it's the issue The issue previous to that wasp gets injured and they need okay, the best fi- lung surgeon in the world, yes, which okay. happens to be this doctor living in Norway, which leads them, you know, in these traumas, <laughs> I, everything's crazy. I do remember. Leads Thank them to the, to the North Pole mm-hmm. to meet this alien race, which is really, really strange. And I, I like yeah. to, I it's like that. It's, 12, it's issue 12 and 13. Oh, Pretty is it? Sure. Yeah, she gets injured fighting the mole man in issue 12 and then it's 13, 14. That's right, yeah. I yeah, take it back. You didn't one. stump him. <laughs> <laughs> he reigns supreme. All right, Mike, thank you so much for, for calling in, and we'll, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. you. Thanks, right. Mike. Bye-bye. He had me there for a second. Keeping the train going. Hello. Welcome to Talking Comics 150. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, how are y'all? Sammy, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing doing great, man. Doing great. Okay. Thank, thank you for Can calling in. Can you hear me in. okay? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. great. Yeah, you're perfectly. Good. Good, good. Uh, so, uh, uh, how's it going? Well, first of all, I want to thank all of you guys for what y'all do. Um, it is Stephanie old. She is yeah. here. I'm here. Uh, 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 happy early birthday to my fellow uh, September 18th girl. Thank all right. you. Early, happy early birthday to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, Sam, you've already ingratiated yourself there, but you're off to a really good start. Yeah. You <laughs> did the, equi- oh, the, good, podca- good. the podcast equivalent of buying the first round of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking up never hurts. No, 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 no. no. So, what do you want to talk to us about, Sammy? Uh, well, do you want me to start with the question first? Oh, uh, yeah, start with the question first. Okay. My question is um, DC had their big heyday in the late 60s and early 70s with some good horror titles with uh, House of Mystery and Weird War Tales, which was my favorite. And then Marvel had a run in the late 70s with uh, Tomb of Dracula and Werewolf by Night. Do we and Image is having a good run now. Do we see any of the uh, uh, big two uh, having a resurgence, resurgence of horror comics? Wow, it's a good question. Um, I you know I think that if you if they think they can make money off of it, I think you'll probably definitely <laughs> see it. I think you know testing the water in, the, in uh, not testing the waters, but the resurgence in the, the independent side. I mean, Stephanie mentioned the Empty Man earlier in the show, which is a really scary book, a really great book. Everything that Image is doing, I mean. Kirkman, I think, is knocking out of the park right now with Outcast, mm-hmm. um, Nailbiter, Nailbiter as well. Just all these great books. I-, I think that we've heard rumors now, right, of Blade possibly mm-hmm. coming back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. Um, there's rumors of a new movie. There's rumors of him coming in somewhere. So I, th- I think we we've seen in the past that when a character makes a appearance or a resurgence in that side of things, he usually shows up in the comic book side of things. So if that leads to us to getting another series like that, I think that's probably your best chance to kind of at least, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's something that they, they get the right writers, they get the right people, and it's something more uh, with at least some horror roots to it. It's not just an, an action an right. action book. Mm-hmm. Look, DC's New 52 did a lot. You yeah, brought no, back the Phantom Stranger, Justice League Dark, yeah. uh, Animal Man, At Swamp time. Thing, or mm-hmm. yeah. kind of horror. Marvel kind of stayed away, and really they... St- helped start this too when they did Tomb of Dracula and Werewolf by Night and Ghost Rider, Son of Satan and so on. They've been absent of this, but Blade had a big role in Mighty Avengers. Excellent. And, and Al Ewing did a great job with that. And you've got, it's this week, the George Romero Empire of the Dead right. second That's, act yeah. comes out, 
which yeah i think that that could be their testing the waters to see sold pretty well first time around yeah it did absolutely absolutely i hope so and are we counting that was was a really good book yeah yeah are we counting vertigo along with dc uh i mean i guess you can but that's that's always been a place for those kind of books you know i mean like something like i vampire which obviously went away at this point was a great book Mm -hmm. when the new 52 started and definitely a horror book and frankenstein frankenstein as well yeah yeah absolutely um i've been a uh, a marvel guy all my life too um I've just recently, thanks to you guys, started reading uh, Scott Snyder's Batman, which has some very dark horror kind of tones to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the Vertigo stuff I've always read, the, um, uh, that stuff is tremendous mm-hmm. uh, between uh, American Vampire and um, uh, uh, Preacher always had some dark undertones and was almost horror. So, uh, yeah, Vertigo is great, but... Um, uh, I, I'd like to see Marvel dip into it a little bit mm-hmm. since they have such a a good history with Tomb and and those those books were tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Tomb of Dracula's. I, I talk about it all the time as we get to this Halloween part of the yeah. year. But that is to me the best book ever with a villain as a lead mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because Dracula was so regal. Yeah, and you you were, he was doing awful things and you were rooting for him. It was, <laughs> Marv Wolfman could anyone have been named better to write a book called Dracula than someone named Wolfman? <laughs> But wow, and and Gene Colan's art, uh, just amazing. Werewolf by Night was great. Mike Plug mm. back then. I wouldn't mind. You know, they're doing all these female characters. What about uh, Zatanna, the daughter of Satan? Yeah. That would, would be, be awesome. Yeah. Um, if you've never read it, definitely check out uh, Scarecrow Year One. It's from a couple years back. It is really, oh. really creepy. Very... I remember you talking about yeah. that. Yeah, it was your book of the week. It, yeah, it freaked me out pretty good. It's, I know uh... Marvel did. Oh, sorry, Karen. No, no, go ahead, Stephanie. Marvel did like the Marvel Zombies thing. Oh, I love mm-hmm. those. Yeah. First couple in particularly. Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't everybody doing zombies now? <laughs> yeah, yeah that is. I was just actually thinking that, you know, not necessarily in the zombie genre. I mean, but there's so many Avengers and X-Men titles and all that stuff, too. They could take a lot of characters that they're not using and do something afterlife with Archie-ish. Not yeah. necessarily zombies, but do a horror story like, you know, with the Avengers or like kind of Avengers arena-ish in the sense that you're taking B, C, D characters that aren't really in regular rotation and kind of do something cool with them and make something fun and exciting for the horror yeah. season. But Marvel, yeah. in the in their continuity, and they did it in those Fin Fang Foom special issues some years ago, but FF1, there's Monster Island, where mm-hmm. the Mole Man lives. It's all giant, the giant monsters used to be in the 50s horror books. What if you had a, a monster land that's the traditional monsters, werewolves, ghouls, right, yeah. whatever, and then send the B-level heroes in? Yeah. And yeah, maybe one mystic of a Dr. Druid or somebody. And Yeah, 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 that'd be awesome. I mean, you looked at, I mean, that one, that the two, Daredevil the two issue. issues, yeah. two issues of Daredevil yeah. where he went down to like the swamps or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. And, and there, you know, Satana was there and mm-hmm. all those characters were there. I think that, that was a great um, couple issues of that book and I think there's plenty of room for that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, there. I mean, obviously we saw... You know, Doctor Strange, I think, is an easy you know analogy that kind of thing. You look at the the Marco Rudy annual, and oh, that was awesome. It, it's disturbing. I mean, it's not an outright horror thing, but there's a real chance there to do some really kind of over the top and intense imagery, and, and you know, more more kind of in that kind of like the cell type of thing look to it mm, than a, than sort of a traditional kind of uh, ghost house horror. But there's that place for it. I think. Look, I think. Horror is huge business, and so I I can't imagine why they wouldn't have an interest in doing it, other than they haven't 
found the right way to do it yet or figured out the way to do it yet. Maybe after, if Doctor Strange is coming out and it's, you know, helmed by yeah. the guy that did Sinister, mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, Perfectly. off the success mm-hmm. of that, they'll decide to, you know, try a few titles and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, th- there are those indie titles there. I mean, we've seen some images in the last couple of days, more images of uh, Scott Snyder's Witches mm-hmm. with art by Jock, and that looks like yeah. terrifying. Uh, Ghosted and, is really good as well. Ghosted's really good. Stephanie mentioned Afterlife with Archie. All these books are awesome, especially that last issue was Ugh. legitimately scary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this time, I want to throw something in. We, we had a question before we never quite got to. Two uh, two characters mm-hmm. pairing off against each other. I, mine are horror. So okay. Should I go for it? Go for it. Swamp Thing versus Man Thing. Right. But <laughs> you're going to need a lot of squeegees to clean up afterwards. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, Sammy, uh, what else did you have for us? Um, uh, okay, this, uh, excuse me, this is going to come with a little bit of a story. Okay. Um, uh, I bought a comic collection a while back, a small one, and uh, in, in the midst of doing all those, I had a lot of duplicates. Um, so as a, as a try to get kids involved, I sent out a Facebook to all my friends and said, send me the, the age of your child, what gender they are, and I will put together a pack of books to send wow. to, to the kids, um, which I did, of no cost to anybody. I took I took the hit all of it just to get stuff out. That's awesome. Yeah. As a um, as a sidebar to that, I got I was contacted by a girl that I grew up with who is now a school teacher, um, and she had fourth graders, and she wanted me to come in and talk to the fourth graders about comic books and. Um, and reading in general. Awesome. As we know, anything to get kids reading yeah. is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in and I, I, I did three of her classes, about nine kids each. My thought process was I started at the movies and worked my way back Excellent. to show that, that this stuff came from books, which most everything does, but you know sometimes you have to add, connect all the dots for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, tied it in with some some toys and pop culture kind of stuff, uh, and just got a rave response. I then uh, had, because of that, I made my local hometown newspaper picture with me and the kids holding up some original art. Uh, and as they left, I gave each kid uh, two books. Um, I, I had it gender-based a little bit. The girls would get a girl-based book, whether it be Supergirl, Catwoman, uh, something like that, um, and one superhero book, and then the boys will get two superhero books. Had a tremendous turnout or, or um, feedback. Um, the kids loved it. A lot of the boys were, by the time they got done, the, the last class would say, hey, I, we traded books after we read them, and uh, it, it kind of threw me back to, to, to old, old times of yeah. trading books. Maybe Bob and I, Probably did that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I everybody else. <laughs> still got a lot of the books I traded for. Want some of the ones I traded away back, but that's a, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably cost us more money in the long run. Absolutely. Um, so I want to throw out a little challenge to anybody who has. I, I hear some of y'all uh, uh, going more towards digital and um, more towards um, trade paperback and, and getting rid of some issues because it does take up a lot of space, and not everybody is a collector. So I want to challenge everybody out there to actually um, donate their books to a school or get in touch with everybody knows some school teachers. Find mm-hmm. your son, 
and if you have the affinity to do uh, uh, a talk to some classes, I'm sure they'd be more than glad. And as I've seen uh, uh, from these two, and then uh, I'm going to probably, I've got three lined up already for this year. Um, uh, it, it seems to be something good, and it seems that, that most all the kids have have given me great feedback. I got a, um, uh, a message from... Um, a, a mom of the first group I worked with, and her daughter, the, the teacher told me before we went in that, her do- that this young lady was very artistic. So I actually took a piece of original art that was drawn uh, by a local uh, comic book artist who is a female, and um, I showed that to her, and I said, you know, there is, there's, you can make money at this if you're really good at it. And the stuff I saw, she was good. So her mom contacted me later and said that she actually drew her own comic book. Oh, cool. You're, um, you're a hero, Sammy. Uh, uh, let's just, just say, no, I'm serious. That's amazing. I, well, it's, I, I do it because I enjoy comics so much. And and we're so inundated with, with TV and pop culture and movies and stuff now, and it seems to be they're forgetting where it came from. And just Man. like we've had this discussion before, why has Iron Man not equated into more sales for Iron Man comics, other than it's not a very good comic. <laughs> why has there not been a, a, a better, uh, why has Avengers not went through the roof because of the movie? Yeah. So my challenge is to everybody, give your books out to some kids. I actually carry a box of books around with me, and if I see some kids, I'll give them to them. Kind of creeperish sometimes, <laughs> but uh, I try to have at least one of my two kids with me, or my wife, or something. There so you go. You have to weird. have a beard. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tim, you ever hear of the Hulk? Yeah. Hey, hey, kids. Hey, kids. You want to see the thing? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't want to see my giant-sized man thing. That that was great. Yeah, that's great. Oh God! Mm. Wow. That was a good one, Bob. That was <laughs> thanks. But Sammy, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. That, that's, uh, that's great. It's, it's, it's just the right thing to do. You know, it's, I've, I've been lucky to be fairly successful in life, and, and uh, 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 where my kids are, are old enough now where they've gone off to college and uh, are doing their own thing. And, and both of them have, <laughs> I tell everybody I've got one who is a comic collector with no money, so she can't actually collect anything. She just rules over everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then I've got one that likes to go to um, the conventions with me and look at the art. She's pretty artistic, artistic, not autistic, artistic. <laughs> um, and and so she likes doing that, and then she loves to see the cosplayers. So, uh, and I, I actually think I've got my wife convinced to go to our local. Um, we're having a local comic book, comic con, not comic con kind of thing this weekend. Uh, and I think for the first time, she's actually going to tag along. That's awesome. fantastic. That's great. That's awesome. Shared passions are the best. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, all I've got is that I want a quick shout out. Um, I was, uh, I have my first acting uh, uh, job is completed and will be uh, having a world premiere October 30th at one little theater here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um it's it's a uh, a wonderful little cheesy uh, zombie movie <laughs> called Hank vs. the Undead. Uh, uh, it's, 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 I've seen some scenes. Um, uh, we uh, volunteered to go play zombies last year, 
Uh, and then he came back and decided he wanted to do a feature-length film instead of just a short film. Um, so he put some parts up, and I uh, tried out for one or applied for one, and, and he was I was lucky enough for him to take me, and I got to play a hobo for, uh, for about three scenes. Sweet. Nice. Um, so go like his uh, Twitter page. It's uh, Hank vs. Undead versus VS, uh, and our Facebook page is Hank vs. Undead. Awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I good luck with the premiere, Sammy. Thank and you. <laughs> uh, honestly, like all, that was an awesome story. We're honored to have you as as yes, a listener. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it's, uh, no, uh, we're we're honored to have somewhere where we can talk about this stuff and discuss it. You know, it used to be uh, uh, hang out at the comic book store, which I still do from time to time. Uh, but you know, life kind of interrupts that that stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it, so it's nice to just to have some words to, to talk about this stuff. I love this live thing, so I know y'all can't do it a lot, but this, it's, it's pretty cool. It makes us all feel like we're, you know, have have a little have a little say in the deal. Awesome. Well, you guys you are a very, very big part yeah. of this. You have a huge say yeah. <laughs> in what we do. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, Sam. Oh, Thanks, thank, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, guys. Thank, thank you. Bye. Congratulations. Awesome, awesome. This is so awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, this, is, this is great. Um, all right, so we have about 15 minutes until our next caller. Mm-hmm. Steve, tell us about your book of the week. All right. Well, a little ways back, Stephanie uh, was talking about a book. Uh, it was her book of the week called Naja. And uh, once again, it's by J.D. Morvan with Art by Bengal. Uh, I'll try to paint a picture for you as best as I can. There's a girl... She comes from an abusive home and kind of lives a life of crime with her best friend. Best friend and girl get into a car accident. Girl decides that she's going to change her name, change her life, and change everything about herself. So she goes away and she becomes an assassin, working for a man but goes by the name of Zero. Zero is a person who has three assassins in his employ, and they're ranked. Uh, the girl who was in the car accident who becomes Naja is number three, and then there's number two and number one. There's a fourth party that comes into the story and basically says, one and two, says to Naja, one and two are gunning for you. They're trying to take you out. They want to, and he goes around to each one. He goes to one, he goes to two, and he goes to three, and he gives them each a different message and a different motive to kill the other and basically just sets them loose. Okay, the thing about this book is it's not so much about the story, even as, as as amazing and complex and as large as the story is. I mean, this is like jet-setting kind of stuff with, with assassinations in all different parts of the world, inside of prisons, inside of hotels, often, you know, tropical landscapes and stuff like that. But it's very, very much a character-based story. And one of the most interesting things about Naja herself is that she can't feel anything. She can't feel physical pain. She's never she's never been able to do it. Not that she can remember, and it's not because of like uh, some like nerve damage or anything like that. She just has doesn't remember ever feeling anything at all. So you have this person who decides to go into the assassination life because she wants the danger. She wants the thrill. She wants to be captured. She wants to be tortured. She's looking for a way to get into a situation where somebody will actually cause her pain. It's this very, like, masochistic mindset for getting into, you know, the assassination game. And couple with that, you know, these other 
other characters, you have one and two who've got their own weird motivations for working for this character Zero. And you have them going after each other all over the world, eventually coming to a head and having to kind of work together in a way. And just exposes characters inside of a comic book and inside of a world that are all so, so complex with, and no spoilers whatsoever, I would not dare spoil this for you, the final two chapters of this book blew my mind in terms of flipping the tables, changing identities, and all of this stuff. And the book has got this kind of like weird, uh, not weird, but just like an eroticism to it you have this character who can't feel anything and who is looking for someone to cause her pain. The fourth party actually in one scene manages to capture her and basically like truss and tie her up to deliver his message and tell her, you know, these other killers are coming for you and whatnot and leaves a set of bruises across her knees throughout the book. She actually makes efforts to keep the bruises there because for some reason, this fourth party, the moments that they shared, she fell in love with him. Can't quite put her finger on why, but she wants to keep the markings that he left as a reminder of his presence, and she's looking to get back with him after everything is over. Um, I seriously, I can't recommend this enough. When we go uh, into our books of the year and we have our graphic novels of the year, this is definitely, definitely going to be one of my nominations. The words and plot written uh, by J.D. Morvin is spectacular and really complex. I'm not going to lie to you. The last two chapters are very much an information dump and will definitely shit on your brain a little bit. <laughs> but the payoff is so absolutely sweet. And it's it's like the only way that it could have ended. Like I can't think of any other way that would have been satisfying within the last couple of pages that this wraps itself up. And the art by Bengal is just spectacular. He uses these crazy, crazy, like emotive bright and dark colors uh it's very much in the vein of uh like an anime or or a manga in the design of it and the way that it's uh that it's presented but just like i said read it read it for the story because the story is spectacular but stay for the characters and let the characters and who they are and and what they stand for emotionally let it like affect you the character of Naja is extraordinarily complex. And like I said, very masochistic. And this goes into very, very strange arenas in terms of who people are and what they mean to you and how you've known people forever and they, they're not always who they who they seem. Mm. And and be, oh God, if I don't want to ruin I don't I'm gonna shut up because I don't want to ruin anything. But seriously, uh, Naja, and it's from Magnetic Press, uh, $29.99, beautiful, beautiful hardcover book. Um, I'd heard about this before Stephanie had brought it to our attention, and then she raved about it, and I found it in um, when I was away in Canada this past week and had to grab it, and I'm so glad that I did. Just a ridiculously good read. So that awesome. is my very enthusiastic yeah. Book of the week. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so amazing. And Stephanie's having a big week with recommend stuff to us. She reads really yeah. good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got good taste. What can I say? Mm-hmm. We agree. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> Whoa. Shut up, Bobby. No one likes you. <laughs> that's very mean. <laughs> and that's a lie. Well, you were mean too. I wasn't as mean as that, though. That was I'll extra take it back if you take it back. 
I'm, I, I, I didn't say anything. I said <laughs> I wouldn't say that. All right. Oh. Now you said nobody I... likes me. <laughs> oh, my confidence is broken. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll go to my book of the week. Then we have a couple minutes um, yeah. before we have a we have our next listener calling in. So uh, it was a uh, interesting week because I read a bunch and I I enjoyed. It was one of those weeks where I enjoyed just about everything I read but did not go crazy for really any of the books. Oh. Liked a lot of them, liked a lot of them a lot. Um, I mentioned some of the Future Zen books earlier, and, and I, I liked those uh, pretty much ac- across the board, the ones I read. and, um, and I've been trying to read a little Batman Internal, trying to catch up with that a little bit. It's really good. Um, Scott Snyder had been tweeting a couple l- l- two, two weeks ago that the issue 21 was a great jump-on point for people, so I picked it up. And that's also entertaining, but just not something that I was really grabbing me. I did want to talk about, however, though, um, much like um, Gail Simone is ending her run on uh, Batgirl with Future's End, mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire and Andre Sorrentino are ending their run on Green Arrow with this Future's End book. Um, and so we've got the flash forward five years. And if anyone who's read any of the, the weekly Future's End book, which I read very little of, just a few issues, you know, Ollie plays a very big role in the, in the first issue. Something kind of major happens. Um, this book is kind of dealing um, in, in, I guess, before that event happens. Uh, and it's interesting because we, we, we now we're flash forward. Uh, um, Ollie is no longer Green Arrow. He's kind of been doing his own thing. He's almost like only very kind of embraced and almost like the, he's almost like a ecological Tony Stark in a lot of ways. Like, you know, very oh. much what Ollie does anyway in yeah. the older stuff. He's crusading for, you know, justice and, and for the equality. dogs and all. Yeah. Exactly. And to do that, he's kind of, He's kind of had his "I am Iron Man" moment, right? Where you, they they know he's Oliver, Oliver Queen is Green Arrow. So um, this character named Amico, who is is a major player in his in in um, Lemire's run, takes over as Green Arrow, and she has an assistant as well. Um, a character again, another character who is prevalent in, in the in the previous run, and we get to see a lot of the stuff that Lemire did earlier about, you know, the outsiders and this, this clan of kind of ancient clan of warriors. That is the Genesis of the green arrow persona. Um, there's an arrow clan, uh, you know, I can't remember the names. There's a sword clan, all these things like Katana is the head of the sword clan. They all have a place. And, uh, and it's, it's a really interesting story and a really nice way to end, um, this this run on the book uh and, and kind of go like okay this is what it would have been like if we had kept going for all of these years here's all the plans we had you know all that kind of stuff that's what it felt like in a lot of ways and it, it i think the 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 lemire run has been really really good really different you know has done what i think a lot of the new new 52 stuff has had to do when it to be good which is it's taken the character and removed them from any sort of giant, you know, uh, universe-spanning stuff, and taken them in and really just, you know, separated them from the outside world and made it about that character and shaping that character. Uh, and, and I think he's done a really good job with that. Obviously, we've talked about in the past, Green Arrow's had a million different, you know, personalities yeah. and, and ways they've approached him. It seems like a character that they never have really been able to nail down. Uh, you know, some of those traits have been there, but, you know, at one point he's a... 
you know, he's a, he's a savage hunter. At one point, he's you know a doting husband. At one point, he's you know mm-hmm. a playboy billionaire. At one point, he's a he's a you know he's a social justice warrior. He's the super hippie, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So there's just so much going on, right, with, with the character, and you kind of have to go through his history and pick out certain runs to decide kind of who your Green Arrow is going to be. And I think that. I don't know if this is going to be one of those runs that people talk about and talk about and talk about, if, if it's going to be something that people remember. But I think it took the character from being really in the dregs uh, of, the D, of the New 52 into a character who is ready to be you know, a major player there. It doesn't hurt, obviously, that he, mysteriously, because of that television, the television show, Green Arrow has become probably one of the most famous characters at the company at this point, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and it's primed to be a, a really big part of the DC Universe. Yeah, Steve? The question is, yeah. will you be following Green Arrow into the next creative team? I will, because it is part. It is the it is the Green Arrow, it's the Arrow guy, like one of the writers in Arrow is, ah. is writing the book, so I, I think that it could be, if you said it's going to come more in line with the show in some ways, right, but still right, be very right. much comic book oriented. Mm. Um, so next issue is the jumping on point. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. I, I would check it out. Uh, I would also go back and check out the Jeff Lemire stuff because it, it's got some really interesting stuff. Yeah, in another year and a half yeah. when it's all out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but a really good run. Nice way to end it. Um, the art, uh, you know, it's going to be, the only thing it's going to be is the art's going to be not nearly as inventive, obviously, because there's not a lot of people who look like Andrea Sorrentino when it comes to art. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Do we, do we have the goes. name of the artist for the new one? We do. I do not remember off the top of my head. We talked about it when we did the announcement. I'll look it up okay. when we, as we yeah. as we go on. But yeah, good stuff. You know, I I hope that it keeps going. And you know, I do wish this is a, its own thing. I do wish we had a green. I do wish that the I miss the marriage aspect of the character. I miss the relationship aspect of mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I hope they bring that back in some way. Um, but what we got here was a great along that line of kind of like the longbow hunters. Sort of Mike Grell, thing, Mike Grell yeah. stuff. It's more in that in that line okay. than the, the, the other stuff. Well, it sounds if like Lemire tried to piece together, yeah, everything, mm-hmm. and that can work. You have to be very careful how you pick and choose it. But that, that sounds pretty excellent. I may have to go back on this myself. I was not interested. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect timing. We have our next caller. <gasps> I know who it is. Kelly Heron. Thank you so much for joining us on Talking Comics One Fifty. Hey, how are you? What's up? Doing, doing great. <laughs> Good. Sorry, like I was listening and I was just like, oh crap, I'm kind of like going to interrupt Bobby, aren't I? I don't know if I should wait or whatever. So <laughs> You waited the perfect amount that. of time. Perfect amount of time. I was literally just finishing. I know the stream's probably a couple seconds behind or whatever. I was just finishing up when you when you rang oh. in. So- awesome. Well, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey. What's up, hey, Kelly? Checking in. <laughs> so you guys have, if you guys watch the book clubs, I think you've seen Kelly before. She is a, 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 a frequent contributor mm-hmm. there. Um, she she was on the last Brood and Boarded we did months ago when those Russians uh, oh, yes. stream bombed our. <laughs> he drinks until he falls out of his ass. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. Yeah, Russian like fifteen year olds bombed our. Stream. And I have a surprise. They're calling in later. Oh, really? I, yeah, I yeah, made yeah, arrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i really missed them i would love to know what their book of the week is i can't wait <laughs> i would have to say das to, to them. there you go um kelly so what do you got for us uh so my question is since it's the, the 150th episode is um you know which episode are you the most proud of and why and i guess as an additional follow-up, it's like, what is one thing you'd want to accomplish for the study of the podcast within the next 150 episodes? Wow. Whoa. Oh, good question, Kelly. 
Good question. Oh. I think I have a good answer for this already. All sure. right. Go um, for as far as like the one that I think I'm most proud of, um, it was our first Women in Comics Week show. Because, um, you know, no one had really done anything like that uh, on the internet that I know of. And it was something that we were all really passionate about and passionate about making it, you know, not about a rant or anything, but just a straight up celebration of women in comics. And that whole thing came together so awesomely and everyone was so on board with the idea and the concept behind it. And um, I think it embodied everything that we've been trying to kind of accomplish with the site from day one. And for me, it was just a really proud moment to be able to like tweet about this and be like, this is a thing that we're doing. And this is a thing that we want to do regularly. And um, that was something that made me feel like we could help change the face of how, you know, women in comics are thought about and portrayed and seen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, going off of that, I think for me, it's the Wonder Woman panel. I think is is the one for me that the next year yeah, I would yeah I'm talking, here. I'm talking comics uh, uh, m- because I I think that we got great guests you know lined up obviously we have a Wonder Woman expert that is on the podcast every week who's sitting here with us Thank you, and Bob but to have Trina Robbins and Greg Rucka and I I think really you know having Carolyn there and Mara and Mara having the the educational aspect of mm-hmm. it um, was was astounding because you could hear. Greg Rucka, who wrote Wonder Woman, being like taking the back seat to the things that Mara and Carolyn were saying because they were coming out of such a perspective. Yeah. And I thought that was an amazing thing. And, and I feel like dedicating a show to one thing like that and giving, and really for us, except for, you know, Bob was obviously leading that panel, kind of stepping away from it, uh, you know, and seeing just something that we kind of planned and set into motion creating that I, I i was extremely proud of that because it wasn't something that we were forcing ourselves it was kind of organic in a lot of ways yeah. mm-hmm. i had it sounds awfully self-serving but i don't mean <laughs> it to be that way but i was trying to ask questions and i actually had chills <laughs> sitting here trying to I, well for anyone who's listened i blew the opening so badly <laughs> because i was so nervous in this in this company on online and in the room that how do I do that? Can I even do this? And setting those people free to discuss this with such passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for me, that's that's my best moment that we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, again, the Wonder Woman panel is definitely one of the highlights in our podcasting career. Just was so enamored with everyone involved on that show and just being quiet and listening and and hearing all the expertise and all of the different, everybody brought their own strength to the conversation. And it was just a very inspiring thing. Uh, If I could just choose one more thing alongside would be Mm. our Kelly Sue and Emma Rios interview Ah. that we had done. Um, I mean, having Trina Robbins on the show, anytime we've had her on has been a hoot, (laughs) but that Kelly Sue and Emma Rios interview was in one word was inspiring. Just absolutely inspiring. The the moment where Kelly Sue goes off and just addressed every one of our listeners with, you know, her opinions and a mission and just she was flawless mm-hmm. in in those moments. And I just remember sitting back and listening and just silently in my head just being like, damn right. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and and was beaming with with pride. Um 
when uh, when I heard that. And if I could just one more little thing. I go away a lot, and sometimes I'm away from the show. I always listen to the show when I'm away, if I'm not on it. The very next morning, I listen to the show. And each and every time that I do, I am so proud of what we've accomplished oh. and the show that we've created that Bobby, you know, brought to the table yes. and, and, you Kudos know. Kudos to our fearless leader. Yeah, we all, we all put together this amazing team. And when I step away from the show and I listen to it just as a listener, I am, I am so happy to be a part of this thing and just how awesome the show itself, minus me, really is. So that's a credit to to us and to Bobby as well. I say, and one of the one of the best moments for me, though, one of the, the first moment where I felt like something was going on with us was that first Scott Snyder yep. interview. Because mm-hmm. I remember we got him on, and you know we played it, we did, we played it pretty cool talking to him. But the whole time, mm-hmm. my heart was like racing the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And when we like stopped recording, we like push stop on the recording. We're like, we just talked to Batman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was you know, that was, was like, actually yeah. So, okay. so, sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead, Kelly. I was say, that was actually my second episode I ever listened to with you guys, uh, and I thought like I was like, "Holy crap, they're talking to Scott Snyder! They're like a big deal." <laughs> like, I had no idea. I had no idea. You guys played that so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was awesome. I mean, we we had some great guests before Scott came on the show. Some people gave their time to us when we barely had any listeners at all. Yeah, you know, um, well, Andrew Foley was our first guest, mm-hmm. and Curtis Weeb, um, and. Uh, Shoot, out of my brain. Oh, Brian Bucciolato. Yes. Brian Bucciolato were all on the show and before that and, and when we barely any listeners and like that was amazing for them just to, to give their time just to talk about comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, uh, uh, Alan Kistler. Alan Kistler, yeah. Alan, the... Alan's awesome. He Alan is awesome. Is, yeah. Sizzler Kistler. Yeah, Sizzler, Sizzler Kistler came on. Uh, Joey yeah. Esposito. Joey Esposito, yeah. yeah. Joey is Joey's the man. He is. Jo- oh yeah, I got to hang out with him a bit at Baltimore this weekend too. Oh yeah, I saw you guys tweeting was... back and forth. Yeah, yeah, he was selling. Uh, he was set up with Pawn Shop and everything, mm. and I got to meet one of his artists on that, uh, Drew Zucker. Oh, okay, yeah. And Sean Van Gorman. Sean Van Gorman, yeah. Yeah, he's a so nut. They were, he gave me a copy of Toad Hag Riot, but it took me about two days to realize that who that's who he was, mm. and then I was like, oh. <laughs> but Joey is cool. People, he is rad as heck. Yeah. Um, I used to when Joey was at IGN he used to do his IGN Assemble podcast mm-hmm. you know people would write in and ask questions like oh what if you're, you're trying to get started writing about comics what should you do and he would always mention our site That's as a awesome. place to yeah always so he awesome awesome guy um, and as, as for the next 150 Kelly as your, your the follow up to your question uh, that's, a, that's a good that's a really good one uh, we have some some plans in the works for stuff right now but you know, for me, one of the things that I was struck me when we did the the, the Batgirl interview mm-hmm. with uh, Brennan and uh, Cameron was that we really got a chance, and it was really we asked the questions, but they ran with it, the kind of the process questions. I would really, we've been talk- I, I think I've been talking with Stephanie about this for I think all three years we've been doing this show, wanting to get like <laughs> the entire team on a book. Like from writer to colorist to letterer all together and do like a like a themed week where we talk to all of them and we get all the pieces mm. and how a book comes together, kind of putting together an issue. I would love to put that together. Yeah. Um and I also really always wanted to do and it's just again, I just I have to do it, uh, like a magazine style show, like a this American lifestyle show where I go and interview people about one topic really in depth. Um, you know, uh, and that's something I really want to do because I think that 
the next step is to just get deeper into the stuff that you know we love and get really into the the trenches with that stuff mm-hmm. so that's yeah. for me in the next 150 yeah. well we've had interviews where it's been the creative team as you mentioned with kelly sue and, and emma steve yeah. or we had uh, jimmy palmiotti and amanda connie here where you're getting two people bouncing off each other first of all it's less work for us because yes. we don't have to ask any questions and people just <laughs> want to talk and it's you don't want to ask any questions. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get involved except to say, yeah, but what about, and just let them go. The deeper theme things, when we've done single theme episodes or we, my silly histories, whatever, it's really fun to be able to say, Look, we, we're already rerun long. We go two hours, <laughs> change, whatever. But there's some of these things that the, the, our topic could be three hours by itself. And so, yeah, a magazine show where you could go for that mm-hmm. would be a lot of fun. I, one thing I am very proud of, and, and it's more about our community than us, is that the people who comment on the articles, the people on our forums who've created this family, yeah, and that we had something to do with that, that they caught some vibe from the four of us and the way we interact with each other. Even when we disagree, it, we disagree respectfully, mm-hmm. with love in our hearts, as corny as that sounds, and we're that safe corner of the internet. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I didn't know from forums. (laughs) Who knew from such things? I I always say I didn't know what a podcast was till I was on one. (laughs) And just to interact with so many amazing people that that have become part of this, kudos to you folks for being so awesome. One day I'm going to release those 50 episodes of Fanboy Remix that you're on so people can listen to them and get even more Bob Ryer. <laughs> oh, do, do we really? I've already bombed uh, Brian's talking movies. <laughs> what, what was he? He had the two-minute two thrill or whatever two minute, two it was. Yeah. yeah, and I did 23. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Steve, what are you looking forward to in the next 150? What am I looking forward to? Uh, well, one thing that I, I think uh, we've mentioned that we're going to put it together at some point, but I think... Uh, we mention it here and there on the show. We touch on it. But uh, I think something to the effect of an anti-bullying week, mm-hmm. I think, would be spectacular. Yeah. Um, a lot of Because of a lot of people within our community, within our, our family of, of fans and listeners and whatnot and the forums and everything, we have created a safe place for people to go and talk about comics. I had a friend from, I've known her probably since the first grade, who contacted me on Facebook the other day and was asking for a suggestion. She said, you're into comics. I said, well, yes, I am. She says, where can I go to talk to like other ladies about, you know, comic related stuff? And I said, listen, not to, you know, toot my own horn or not to, you know, whatever, but go to the Talking Comics forums. You will find a really great community of people there that is it's exactly what you're talking about. I can ask around and find out some more, you know, suggestions for you. But that is a place where you can be safe. It's, you know. Um, patrolled rather well by, you know, a couple of key members plus, you know, a bit of staff and whatnot. And um, as far as what I'm looking forward to for the next 150, it's just the growth of the podcast. You know, we, we've we gained a lot of um, followers and, and new listeners in the past episodes. And just it comics is one of those things that it keeps giving and it keeps giving us new things to talk about. And it moves so quickly and there are times when things happen five, six days, and we can't talk about it yet, but it's always there. Mm. Um, and I would, if I could, I would love to see us get even bigger and, and move into a bigger arena down the road. Um, 
and just bring more and more people into a website and a show and and uh, and everything that we bring, even the other podcasts with Stephanie with the Misfits and talking games and talking Valiant and movie and talking movies. You know, we offer a large variety of, of places that people can go and feel safe and talk safely about these topics. And I think that that's really our crowning achievement mm-hmm. is is almost effortlessly and because of the people that have gravitated to our show, we it it created itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm just so proud of that. And I'm in the next 150 episodes. I want to see that grow 150 times bigger than it is right now. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Great Kelly. questions, Kelly. Great question. Yeah. You're the best. Yeah, thank you. Very good, awesome answer. Um, When's our next book club, by the way? I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Putting my right in the spot there, bud. <laughs> We're working on it. We're doing it. Okay. Uh, all right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for being an awesome part of this community. And thank you for having me on the show, and uh, have a great show, you guys. And here's to another 150. All right, Kelly. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank, thank you, you so Kelly. much, Kelly. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye. 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 All right, Mara is calling in. Yeah, Mara. Mara. Hey. Hello. Hey. How are you guys? Good. We're good. How are you today? How are you doing? It's been a long time, Mara. I know. I've been so busy. I know. Work and school. I know. Too much. She makes time for me, Bobby. I know. Well, well. I'm not special enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really looking forward to recording this week's The Misfits. I've got my list mostly oh. ready. Just, <laughs> no, me too. What's, what's your topic? Five, yeah. five favorite comic book characters. Whoa. I know. That is cutthroat. It's daunting. <laughs> it is. Well, Melissa, you know, I suggest we, we were kind of like figuring out like we would do like the character thing. And Melissa's like, let's just do everything. Let's like make it like broad spectrum. And then we got like an email from Melissa. Like the like, next day. Yeah, she's like, I can't do this, guys. I can't do this. <laughs> like, I'm freaking out. There's too many. <laughs> so yeah. we, we've dialed it back. All right. Thank goodness. We've been getting like a ton of responses in the forums though already. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm kind of pleased about that and how diverse. I know it's, it's interesting being a comic book fan is you can be a fan of almost anything now. Yeah, it's just true. You, it's, it's almost hard to find the common ground within being a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so look for that. Even though Mar doesn't have time for me, she has time to do the Misfits. <laughs> All right. Sorry. What's going on with comics and coffee? Ask Mara. <laughs> Mara, oh, man. Mara, who am I supposed to share my coffee with on Friday mornings? Explain. Well, okay. Here's here's the issue. On Friday mornings, I have seven thirty meetings. Yeah. And in new. school districts. Yeah. So, unless you guys want to do it at six. No, that's okay. Six my time. Six. That's oh. five my time. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We, we have to. Reposition and figure some stuff out, but yeah, because I miss it. Do, I, miss, uh, I miss doing. I, I miss it as well. How about Sunday morning bagels and books, nightcaps and comics? <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Get a whole new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay. we don't even have a theme song. I know. Just... Yes, you do. I love this. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ah, great. Cha, cha, cha. Yeah, anything else but that. It's pretty great. We're, start, we're starting to get requests in. For oh, really? Different types of misfits. Yeah, scatting. they want us to like do a group. A group yes. one. Yes. See, that's awesome. That's way better than any theme song you possibly could have written yes. for you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, all right, but Mara, you do write Manga Mondays. 
for yes. us, uh, which is an awesome column. And uh, we actually got an email. It, it's it, like this week, which it's kind of perfect timing um, from uh, from Max. And he says, hey, Talking Comics crew, I read seconds on the recommendation from the show and I loved it. So first of all, thanks for suggesting it. Nice. It definitely seems to have more have more manga-ish influences than normal stuff on my pile. I was wondering if anybody at TC, maybe Mara, had some suggestions about where to go after seconds. If I'm looking to head towards the manga end of the spectrum, but I've only really read American comics up to this point. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Well... So Mara, this is exactly you. the audience I wanted to tap into with Manga Mondays mm-hmm. because um, it's you're already this is an audience that's already open to the visual part of of reading. They're they love the storylines, they love the characters, they love you know they've they've got their stories that they're following. I just you know there's more there's even more out there for you to go and spend all your money on and run out of room in your apartment. Um, but that was that was the intention of starting Manga Monday is, hey, this is a series you may have never heard of. Here's a quick synopsis. Here's where you can go find it. So, yeah, this is this is the kind of question I've been living for lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's hard to just recommend a book to someone straight out. Um, but I will I will say what worked for me getting into manga. Because I did, I did American comics first, and then manga later as an adult. And the thing that worked for me was going to my library. And I was lucky to be in a city that had a lot of teenagers who came in and ordered manga, and then it was through the circulation. So definitely start with library because you may not want to invest your money in something that you're not sure if you like or not. And then from there, don't be afraid to branch out and try everything, especially if it's free at a library. Um, manga is unique in that it has so many different genres within the medium that you, you really don't know what you're getting. No, no two books feel the same. So it's, I mean, it's, it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's hard to recommend one series to someone. That being said... <laughs> <laughs> answer the question, Mara. <laughs> oh. um, so, so you know, short answer is just try everything. Long answer is here's here's some of my favorites. Um, the the big thing I want to mention with manga is that um, they really tap into the romance genre that American comics kind of shy away from. So, if you want something more romancy, that's you know hearts and you know does he love me or does he hate me kind of stuff um some of my favorites are happy marriage which i've mentioned on this show before it's kind of um for an older audience there's sex in it which is awesome and it's (laughs) (laughs) it's it's for an older it's it's written for older women so it's kind of you know an audience that may not be the primary intended for a lot of comics um mars which Stephanie can back me up on this so is like, bad. I know it's, it'll break your heart it and will. Then make you so happy. So you don't cry in it. You have no soul. Yeah. <gasps> Crying manga. Oh my. <laughs> and Blackbird, which is um, a more recent fantasy series with, you know, a main protagonist and the guy she's in love with, but he's also kind of a monster. Um, oh. hmm. Kind of branching away from, 
the heavy romance into more drama, which is another thing that American comics really don't just do straight drama, is Peach Girl, which has that element of romance in it, but a lot of like friendship drama, and a series called Monster, which is a psychological thriller suspense series about a doctor who chooses to save a little boy's life rather than the mayor's life. And this little boy kind of grows up into be a serial killer. So wow, that's dramatic. It, yes. <laughs> and it's a really, really good. It's, it's deep. Um, one thing that manga's got going for it that is kind of similar to American comics. If, if you're into superheroes is magical girl genres, which is basically a young woman who has some sort of fantasy or otherwise just weird power. Um, think Sailor Moon, uh, Pretty Cure, Cardcaptor Sakura, just kind of like flouncy pink skirts and deadly weapons. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of the stuff that I, I gravitate towards as a female reader who also likes things to be really badass. Um, but I also love things that are written more for the male audience. I know it kind of sounds kind of archaic to divide things into female audience and male audience, but really that's how they divide a lot of things in, in manga. So looking more towards stuff that's designed for more male and generic audience, Full Metal Alchemist nice. is a classic. It is um, being re published into larger volumes so you can grab three of the small volumes and one big volume and just go from there and I think I think they're finished I think they just recently either announced the last big volume or it came out but otherwise you can get it in multiple formats Attack on Titan is a recent one that a lot of people are crazy about because of the anime the manga is just as good and it's currently being published right now and Yuasha I have not read all of that yet. I really like it. I really like Rama one half as well. So that's kind of, you know, the epic fantasy going on with it. And then um, as far as like historical fantasy, Roroni Kenshin was like my drug a few years ago. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> the movies, the anime, the manga, like subscribing to stuff on Tumblr about it, everything Roroni Kenshin and you know, the guy who um, did the series, you know, studied a lot about that period and just kind of, you know, made his own little fan fiction stuff about what's going on and came up with this great, this great story. Um, but that's all. That's a finished series. So you can, you know, read it all at your leisure. And just want to point out that there are sports manga out there. And one that I really like is Prince of Tennis. Which is I have totally heard of this. Yes, it is literally a manga about a kid who is a tennis prodigy, and it's just like tennis games, and it's just drama within tennis, but it's mostly focused on the sports aspect of it. Wow. It gets so dicey. That's, that's a lot, and there, there's even more Prince that I want to try out or stuff that I haven't read a whole lot of yet. Um, I myself am recently getting into manga, hmm. like within the past couple of years, based on a friend's recommendation of Naruto, which I started reading, didn't like it, so I tried something else. So that's how I got hooked. 
Well, there's the key to it. If you try something, there's so many genres to try. Just move on to something you might like better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I go to the library and I pick like the first volumes of several different series and then come back for the rest of the series based on what I like from there. Yeah. Go libraries. Yeah. I know. They're so awesome. <laughs> Now, here, my local library in my school district is really bad with comics. Mm-hmm. But here in Patchogue, the town we're in as we record, mm-hmm. they have apparently recently had a huge influx. Somebody donated, as Sammy did, tons and tons of graphic novels, trade paperbacks. And they're all from one fella's library. They're all little ex libris stickers inside it. Nice. So, yeah, and, and I'm sure down by you, Mara, here there's sort of interlibrary loan. Mm-hmm. Where you can put a request in, and if it's anywhere in the county, they'll ship it over to you. Yeah. So y'all yeah. might laugh at this, but when I lived closer to my campus, I would go to my school library and do interlibrary loan for manga and anime DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd go pick it up because I mean they they know me there as you know oh is that that doc student who's doing research in comic books and they hand <laughs> me like this big stack of. Um, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, manga, and um, oh, what was it? Tenchi and Tenchi Universe anime series. And I'm like, this is for my research. Just like trying to walk away before they ask too many questions. Amazing. Uh, It's like the minute I'm reading Playboy for the interviews. Yeah, yeah, sure you are. (laughs) Yes. Now, if you had to pick one as your absolute all time favorite, what would you what would you Ooh. say, Mara? Oh wow. Oh. Come on, I don't get to ask questions on the misfit, so no, I'm doing it no. here. You're right. Um gosh. It'd be easier if you asked me like what my favorite romance one or my favorite fantasy okay. one, but my favorite like one that I've gone because when I think of favorite, I think of something that you go back to over and over yes. again. Repeat viewability, so to speak. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um gosh. Uh, One in each category, then, if that's easier. Okay, it's a little easier. Um, for, like, the romance drama, Blackbird, I mean, that was, I've read that. And it's it's really new, and I've read it several times. Um, okay. With your magical curl, it's got to be Sailor Moon. I mean, that series is, I mean, it's chaotic. You have no idea what's going on half the time. I think they make <laughs> shit up on the go. But it's still... <laughs> It's still really funny. It's still really good. Give them another talking cat. Yes. There's two of them. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. to each other. And they have a talking cat baby. That's amazing. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, which, which sailor are you? I know there are a whole bunch of them. If you had to pick one. Oh, that's good, Bob. Okay. I'm, I'm bringing it I, tonight. We just <laughs> had this discussion, I yes. think. Did you? I, I, think, I think someone asked it. I don't know if we recorded it. Oh, yes, you did. Not. I'm sorry you did. Forget it. But don't bother. I'll say no, it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Because I... I I'm a Sailor Mercury who wants to be a Sailor Venus. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> if we're going to get really into it, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a Sailor Mercury who desperately wants to be Sailor Venus. It's okay. I'm so a Michelangelo. We'll call, we'll call myself Donatello. Sailor Venus. Okay. Now, how, Stephanie, what's you? Cosplayed, right? Yeah, I have, Did you? I have Sailor Venus cosplay. Yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You what's your pick, a, Stephanie? You should do a then? mix. Mine would be Sailor Jupiter. I think Mara should do a cosplay, though, where, like, half of it is Mercury and then the other half what, is Venus. What, like Two-Face? Yeah. <laughs> Does that work that way? Yeah. Okay. I, I, could, I could do that. I believe um, in Going into more, like, epic fantasy, it's definitely Full Metal Alchemist for many, many, many reasons. Yes. 
and and then Moroni Kenshin. Yes. So I mean that's kind of the core. It's a little bit all over the place, but those those are the series that I mean oh and Death Note. Shit, I forgot Death Note. <laughs> How can I forget Death Note? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um scratch everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Add Death Note in there. That is that is one series that um is psychologically convoluted and will keep you on your toes the entire time. I mean, it's it's in in my opinion, it should be considered canon like what we as a society need to learn. Wow. <laughs> Death note. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think that is a perfect way to yeah. end your segment <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, of Talking Comics 150. Mara, thank you so much for the now years of work you've done on the site. And thank you so much for helping us celebrate 150. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's I love writing with Talking Comics. And we have such a great listener base. And, you know, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome, Mara. Thank you. Well, thank we'll, you, Mara. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye, bye. All right. Mo- moving the train right along. Uh, we actually have uh, we have three more people who are going to grace us with their voices. Cool. Tonight. Hot damn. Uh, our three new contributors, uh, two of which we've never heard from on the podcast before. So the first one is calling in right now, and that's uh, Courtney Key. Sweet. Courtney, thank you so much for calling oh. in. Hello. It's good to talk to everyone. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Courtney. Courtney. Hi. <laughs> So Courtney, um, for you guys listening out there, uh, she is part of our new news team with uh, Mr. Hugh Perry. Um, yes. They've been knocking it out of the park the last couple <laughs> yes, of weeks. Have. Uh, we're a veritable CNN now compared yeah. to what we were I before. Know. <laughs> it's, it's very funny that I was paired with Hugh. He lives in Cardiff and actually one of my best friends lives in Cardiff. And I've been there a ton of times. So it's, it's really funny that um, I've, randomly met this other person who lives in yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and get to work with him. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been really great uh, to write for the site. And I've started doing the Doctor Who uh, TV recaps as well. Uh, this week is late because there was a big storm here and power outages and craziness, mm. but uh, it is coming. Uh, the Robots of Sherwood recap is coming. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Well, Bob says he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to watch Doctor Who because he can just read uh, your that's recaps. That's right. It's so perfect. <laughs> I can visualize them as they're happening. I... They are very in depth. Yeah, yes. oh, it's awesome. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, Courtney, uh, how's your experience been so far writing for the site? Oh, it's it's been great. Um, you know, everyone's been very positive. Uh, that was one of the things that you know really attracted me uh, to the community in the first place and made me want to uh, apply to write for the site. Was I mean, first of all, listening to the podcast, then dynamic uh, between all of you, uh, and then getting involved with the forums. And of course, uh, the first person you know who welcomed me to the forums was Bob, uh, <laughs> and uh, he he's I think the, the kind the official uh, forum greeter (laughs) there and uh just uh, you know everyone has has been fantastic and very appreciative on twitter as well um so i've really enjoyed it and just looking forward to um continuing to produce new content and um you know hearing from from everyone about what they like what they don't like and so yeah so what has your opinion been if people are reading your recaps? Because your recaps are very in-depth, obviously. They're very spoiler-focused. So they're not, <laughs> yes. so they're not, they're not really reviews. They're, they're for kind of 
commiseration of people who are also watching the yeah. show, um, <laughs> which is great because I mean I think that's it. It's I think TV reviews are are tough things to do um, because. It's much like reading comic books in a lot of ways because everything it's developing, you know, yeah, every it's week. Episodic, right? Uh, so uh, for people in the art reading reviews, maybe they're waiting on the show or they're they're not into Doctor Who. Um, what have you th- What have you thought of this new season? Right. Well, um, I've liked it so far. I will I will come with a caveat that I. I fall more on the being a fan of the Stephen Moffat than not. Um, I know there there are people who definitely are not fans of Stephen Moffat as a showrunner, uh, and I certainly understand that. Um, I come to it from the perspective that I, you know, I understand some of the problems that people have with this writing. I'm definitely not saying that he is uh, perfect, uh, but I generally enjoyed his run. So, um, so if you're looking for someone who's going to, you know, really point out all the problems with Stephen Moffat, I'm not going to be that person. <laughs> um, you know, I I was a huge fan of the Eleventh Doctor. I was a I kind of started uh, Doctor Who actually with the Ninth Doctor, um, and um, you know they they always say I think the, the Doctor you start with is is you know always going to be your Doctor, but um, for me I think Matt Smith really was, uh, and I was very sad when when he left. And even though I love Pierre Capaldi, I'd seen him in the thick of it, uh, and uh, the Hour and some other shows that that he'd done. Um, I think he's a fantastic actor. I was still a little bit skeptical. Um, of his coming in as the doctor because you know, he wasn't my doctor mm-hmm. uh but i've really i've really i've liked his portrayal i don't know if i like his doctor but i don't know that you're supposed to um mm. and and i think bobby um you you and, and i and gary were talking about this on twitter the other day um he and i know you haven't actually seen it yet but gary was kind of talking about it. he seems to be a throwback to some of the older incarnations of the doctor that are a little bit maybe more frightening yes bricklier mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more dangerous uh than than the doctors that we've seen uh since who came back uh, in 2005 so um I, I find that very interesting um i do think that uh the character of clara has really improved with this doctor um i think that we're getting more of a sense of who she is as a character and what her life is outside uh of the doctor now that she's no longer the impossible girl um she actually you know has a has a life she has a job as a school teacher she has a love interest now um, so that's that's been really good to see. I mean, there there is humor in the series. I mean, it's still Doctor Who. Uh, it's still a show that's ultimately aimed at children. So uh, you know, when I say it's a it's a dark series, I mean it's not like you know DC Comics um, here. But um, you know, it's 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 a very interesting take, and uh, and I think that that Peter Capaldi is is doing a very good job um, with that character. What have you uh, been uh, thinking about mm-hmm. the comics from uh, Boom? Right? Or is it Titan? Yes, Titan. Titan. Actually, Titan. Uh, sorry, it's Titan yeah. uh, now. Um, and actually, I, I had one of them here because I was going to talk about it. Um, 
I, I've read uh, both of the 10th and the 11th Doctor. And I know that last week you talked about the 10th Doctor mm -hmm. comic, which I liked a lot. Um, but I had uh, checked out the 11th Doctor comic, um, partly because Al Ewing, who of course writes uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, yeah. uh, which is my favorite, <laughs> is doing it. Oh, sorry, I thought I heard Bob. No, I was just I was just agreeing. Al Ewing is a big favorite of mine too, and he, I know you love amazing. Loki. So, <laughs> um, but uh, he did uh, the first issue of this with uh, Rob Williams, and I think then Al Ewing and uh, Simon Fraser, who's on art, are continuing on uh, for the rest of the series on their own. Um, but I loved the first issue of this Eleventh Doctor, New Eleventh Doctor series. I mean, he they've got the 11th Doctor's voice absolutely down. Um, I really love the companion that they've introduced in this. It takes place um, right after uh, Amy and Rory got married and went on their honeymoon. So the Doctor's, he's kind of traveling on his own, but he's not on his own yet. Um, and the, the companion, her name is Alice and she's a little bit of an older lady. Um, she works you know, in a library, but her mother has just died and she is going through a really hard time. And the, the first few panels, you see her in gray, you know, just reflecting her mood until, the doctor bursts in and her world bursts into color. And, you know, I, I think that's just a really interesting image. And it's just a really lovely story. Um, I, I really like the dynamic between this doctor and the companion. Um, I like that it's a little bit older companion, a, a little bit different background than, you know, the companions who we saw. Uh, with the 11th Doctor. Um, so I'm very interested to see where that series goes. And again, like I said, I mean, I love Al Ewing, so I will definitely be reading the second issue. Um, but I, I think that this new run of Doctor Who comics, um, they've done a fantastic job with getting writers who are really able to capture uh, those voices from this show. So definitely if you were a fan um, of the, the 10th and 11th Doctor runs, um, I would give them a try. And for the 11th Doctor comic, I would say, you know, if you kind of maybe got disenchanted um, with this show, um, I might still give it a try because um, I think that with the companion in this series, it, it addresses some of the issues that um, I know that, that some people had uh, with, with Stephen Moffat's uh, run with the 11th Doctor. So, so I would definitely say give it a try. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for, for calling in and, and, and chatting with us. And to, oh, you're very welcome. And we're super psyched to have you with Talking Comics and look forward to the next 150 episodes with you on the team. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. And where can they find her on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. good. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, well, I am on uh, the forums as uh, Courtney K. And I am on Twitter as at Dashell, um, D-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. That's my middle name. Uh, and you can find me because my uh, icon is a photo of Sebastian Stan wearing a rainbow hat on his head. Mm. So uh, and why very... not? <laughs> I, I think that that's what got me the gig. At <laughs> I was pretty sure. <laughs> so, uh, on the on the forums, I'm a my icon is uh, Leah from from Young Avengers. All right, so. awesome. All right, well, great. It was good to talk to everyone. You too, Courtney. Thanks too, so much. Yeah. All right, bye bye. 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 Um,
And we should say, too, uh, we didn't say for Mara either. Thank you, Stephanie, for reminding me. Stephanie, uh, Mara is at Megamaramon on Twitter. You have to say it in that voice. Megamaramon. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, So awesome so far. So we have uh, two more callers uh, calling in. Uh, We're going to hear from Gary Chapin next, who writes Bundles and Arcs, the new column for Talking Comics. He just did a piece on the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I didn't see that Comics just went up today. Uh, It's really, really great. Uh, You know, he talks about kind of the whole kind of history of of, of the books and where they are now and stuff like that. So he should be calling in soon. But uh, while uh, while we're waiting, I'm going to... Well, actually, I have an answer for our uh, two fictional characters. Oh, I've got one too. I want to see battling each other. Uh, Harry Potter and Zatanna. I want to see in like Ooh. a magical ha. duel because I think that would be a lot of fun. That's awesome. I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Steve, you have one? I got She-Hulk versus Red Sonja. Yeah. Nice. I think that would be, I think they would end up teaming up by the end of it, but yeah, I, I think it would be a, a knockdown drag out fight for, for a good number of issues. And then they'd find a pub. I would love yeah. it. I, I would absolutely love it to at one point for She-Hulk to actually throw uh, Red Sonia like through the panels like across to the other page oh, like in the burn yeah okay yeah yeah oh <laughs> I've got one now too okay go ahead uh Arya Stark and Anigo Montoya oh my <laughs> god that's amazing <laughs> that'd be because awesome their fathers have both been killed it's true <gasps> spoilers if you haven't read the books or watched it by now stuff it <laughs> that, that, I've, I've that made... is what everyone does when they realize they fucked up but they want it they want to act like it's not their fault they yell at the people who haven't watched it yet <laughs> well, i'm three seasons behind on for... game of thrones <laughs> um do you have one bob i had one. Oh, that's right swamp thing versus yes man thing man thing with the heap as a second right. for somebody all right, we got our next call coming on in. Oh. All right. Hello, Gary, is that you? That is. Gary, thank you so much Welcome. for for calling in. Um I was saying before Gary is writing bundles and arcs for us. Uh Talk Comics did a Planet of the Apes one today. Um it's been great so far. You've done a great job with that column so far. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. I uh I really appreciate being invited to uh, to go on, I'm a little nervous. It's just strange. <laughs> no, it's don't just be us. nervous. It's just, just us. us. Don't worry about it. Here. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. It. I um, I started listening to you guys. I don't know, maybe six or seven months ago, and then I realized you were slowly improving my quality of life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, and then I saw the saw the ad that Stephanie posted, and I was like, oh yeah, why not? What could happen? Huh. And then she said yes, and I was like, oh, now I'm going to be writing again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been great. I mean, uh, people should go read the, the, the Planet of the Apes article that you put up. Um, but uh, what kind of inspired you to tackle that Planet of the Apes subject, Gary? Um, well, if, if I'm honest, I would have to say that Planet of the Apes was actually one of the very first geek experiences I'd ever had in my life. I, I, remember, I remember being in the fourth grade and watching it on the uh, after-school movie or, or the 4 o'clock <laughs> movie where they would cut them down to like an hour and 10 minutes. Sure. Whole pieces of the plot would be cut out. And um, and I was, I that was something that I just always returned to just the way you do throughout your wow. life. And there's some ideas that are just so good that you just keep coming back to them. And um, so I, I had read Boom Studios 
pieces um, a bit over the past year, but to, when I uh, went back and I looked at, I reread the Cataclysm maxi series, and it was it was really good. I mean, it was genuinely. It was not like, oh, this is good for Planet of the Apes, or this is good for a licensed product. It was it was an actual good story with great art, and um, and so I decided. I mean, I, I really like to think about things all the way. I like to make the relationships. I don't want to just do a review. Well, I mean, I do. I do re- reviews, but I really like to um, just just follow the art through the through the time that I've been aware of it, and I'm stunned by how much I remembered about Planet of the Apes when I was writing that. Like really, I remembered Chris Claremont wrote a text piece in 1974 in Planet of the Apes Black and White magazine number 11. Wow! <laughs> I mean, I don't even have that issue anymore. I just remembered <laughs> that. So, um, so uh, clearly these have left important footholds in my life. I can't remember the names of my students who I taught. <laughs> number 11, I remember. I feel like. Bob and I are sort of kindred spirits that way. I, uh... <laughs> Weird, odd, isolated facts that pop up out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, when I listened to your show, and when I listened to your show, you would say things, and I, yeah, that's right, I remember that too. Why? <laughs> Why would I remember that? But... <laughs> it makes me who I am. Yeah. Exactly. It's a weird thing that's sticking in the brain. Just some weird yeah. stuff. Uh, I, I had to ask you this question too, because we obviously Jack Kirby's ninety seventh birthday yeah. just passed, and uh, DC is doing a big New Gods uh, event now mm-hmm. in the Green Lantern universe, the Godhead, uh, you know, thing. And we, we, your kind of you know your application piece for talking comics was this story about the Jack Kirby DC times. Uh, right. I want to ask you a question and it'll be out there. Cause I think it's in, it's, I was asked, talking to Bob about this a little bit. It's like a bizarre time and, and a lot of weird, interesting stuff that came out of that. Do you think it's something that's, that's worth reading? And if it is, what do you love about it? About the new gods? I haven't, I haven't seen the new stuff. No, not the new it's, stuff. I'm talking about the Jack Kirby stuff. The Jack Kirby stuff I think is amazing. <laughs> I think it's, 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 um, it's like modern art. People talk about how Jack Kirby, the, they, they sort of say, well, the art on those is great, but the writing is kind of clunky. The art and the writing go so perfectly well together that when the only time the writing goes bad is you can always tell when Kirby lost interest. <laughs> like when they started canceling the New Gods books, you could tell he lost interest in Miracle Man, which was the only one that went a number of issues further because cause the writing became perfunctory really um i think that some of those some of his ideas are so bizarre like there's this issue where dark seed is um infiltrating this cult on earth and there's this scene at the end where he he takes off like a rubber goat mask it's like <laughs> dark seed the god of evil in the universe is wearing a rubber goat mask. <laughs> Well done, Jack Kirby. Yeah. I love you. You know, <laughs> he, he's he's so exuberant. His ideas are so, um, they're, they're just they're, I don't know. I mean, exuberant is is the word. Absolutely. And um, one of the things I have on my plate to write about is the um, 
the Kirby Genesis project that Dynamite is doing. I just mm. got those. They're on my queue. So if they're if they're good, then I'll then I'll write about them. But the the four volume uh, Fourth World Omnibus that's out there is just a, a thing of beauty and a wonder to behold. It's it's just amazing. That's awesome because you know that's not that's not kind of the popular opinion. So it's mm-hmm. cool to hear that that perspective on it. Well, everybody else is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they just are. <laughs> well, uh, um, and, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's, but the, the nice thing about the omnibus is that as you read them all together, it's even richer than if you just read the New Gods books or if you just read Mister Miracle. So. Cool. Yeah, you gotta throw the yeah, gotta throw the Jimmy Olsons in all the rest of it. Yeah. Oh my God, the Jimmy Olsons are so weird. Yes. <laughs> oh my it's just amazing. You're like, oh, so there's a underground cave under Metropolis that's so large that there's a highway there that can have a truck on it the size of an apartment building. Yes. <laughs> Way to go, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Gary, uh, you were nervous, but you did a great job, and your time is already done. Uh, Thanks so much. So, we're really, I'm really excited to have you on board. Thank you so much for helping us celebrate 115. Everybody should read the Bundles Arcs articles you've you've written already, and and look out for for more from you. Thank you. All right, you have Thanks, a, Gary. You have a great night, Gary. Take care, Gary. Have a good night. All right. Good night. All right, so we're we're almost through the gauntlet. <laughs> It's amazing so far. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been going really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We amazing mix of contributors and and, and listeners um, made our job a hell hell of a lot easier. (laughs) I've had my feet up this whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve did bring us. He brought some uh, Newcastle werewolf werewolf Newcastle werewolf. So we've been we've been partaking in a little a little uh, booze. Escaped from Britain with only four point five volumes of alcohol content. (laughs) With like Ooh. the howling scratches on the. I do like. I gotta. I gotta admit. I do like Newcastle. I like Reds for beers and uh, had a werewolf on it for criminy's sake. Of course. Um, so uh, we had a. There was a question uh, from on Twitter just for, for Bob. We're, we're well, I, for I didn't see it. We're so waiting don't for Nikki to write in. Um, for, uh, <laughs> this is from Matt Wing, Wingman Porkins, and he says, "Bob, I noticed you had Amazing Spider-Man 121 in your top ten. Why not 122 with all the conflict plus epilogue with MJ?" Yeah, Bob. <laughs> Love your thoughts. <laughs> Love my thoughts. Any book where you can't have the title until the last page because that title gives it away. It, are we doing spoilers? Yes, we can just. This is a comic book show. We can okay, do okay. Well, the spoiler is this: the title of issue one twenty one on the last page, the day Gwen Stacy died. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, well, one twenty two is great. So is one twenty three, where J. Jonah Jameson hires Luke Cage to go capture Spider Man for killing Gwen Stacy. Oh man, Gwen. Oh come on, I love Gwen. Still love Gwen. <laughs> love Captain Stacy too. <laughs> The whole family was great. I don't know. Never with the mom. I don't think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you you could be right. One twenty two is equally as good, but I can only pick one. It was a whole question about single issues. So one twenty one. All right. Nikki's, There's your answer. Nikki's calling. Perfect timing. It's absolutely perfect timing. Ah, Nikki. All right. Woo-hoo! I Nikki. met her last week. Werewolf. Werewolf. Asshole. Whoa. Hello. Turn down your speakers, Nikki. <laughs> we. I could hear myself. I know you got okay. long time okay. listener, first time caller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one time contributor. Yes. 
Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for rejoining us on Talking Comics. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. I was worried since I sassed you out, Bobby, that I wouldn't be invited back. Stephanie's but... been sassing me for like 120 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, probably the more sure way to stay on the show than get kicked off the show. It's only because you deserve it. Oh, thanks. Oh! <laughs> 121. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just going to hang up on Stephanie now. Um, so, Nikki, last time we talked to you, you were, you were brand new to, to the site, and now you've had a, a few weeks. Um, how's everything going? Uh, good, good. It's been busy, so I have, I have my column that I'll probably finish tomorrow. Um, and it's supposed to be about um, some new number ones on a weekly basis. I'm going to try to do them on a weekly basis, but school started up again, so it might get a little bit uh, sporadic. Okay. <laughs> but and just talking about a few number one issues and um, all ages and like uh, trades that new comic book readers uh, might be interested in checking out. Wow. So. Do you, uh, do you have a uh, an idea of what you're going to pick? Um, for this week? Um, well, last week, the big one was The Woods by James Tinney and the Fourth and um, Michael, I'm going to butcher this name, Dialenas. Perfect. <laughs> um, from Boom Studios. Uh, very Lord of the Flies, but on an alien moon um a whole school got uh got transported to this moon and they don't know why um it's very 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 interesting and very uh it's it's another horror series but it's it's not too too scary so um i do recommend that too um Everybody, just not children. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Awesome. Yes. Uh, Talk about getting sent to detention. (laughs) Sorry. We're getting late in the show, guys. Yeah. I've had two beers already, okay? (laughs) Bob's pulling out like the Groucho Marx jokes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, well, Nikki, what else? You've been, you have the article coming out. You enjoyed the woods, obviously. Is there anything else that you've been, uh, that you've been loving right now? Um, been reading a lot of books lately. I've recently started doing reviews for the Silver Snail, so oh. that's uh, that's another heap of books that I'm reading. Um, the Names, which came out last week, that's really interesting. It's like this murder mystery uh, on Wall Street, and um, it's got evil cabals, got a kick-ass uh, female protagonist. Um. Very, very mature content, though, so it's uh, not for kids at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but that one was really good, and I'm really excited this week for because um, Stumptown is coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the first two volumes. They are – the second one in particular is just one of my all-time favorites because there's, like, the car chase scene. Um, that I totally fell in love with and um, really excited for the new one. So I'll be picking that up. That is Greg Rucka, correct? Yes. Yeah. He's still writing. It's a different artist, okay. I think, um, for for this third volume. But yes, the first issue is coming out tomorrow, so everybody pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you have any? I mean, obviously, you haven't read it yet, but um, have you heard anything about kind of the? If people haven't read all the previous stuff, are they gonna be able to read this, or you think that you have to kind of go back and read the the other stuff? Uh, it's totally um, something that's just a, by a case. It's a it's about a PI, a private investigator, and um, it's just a case by case basis, I guess. So you can totally start now with um, with not, uh, the first issue. Um, I think I started I started with the first volume. Um, but each, each volume just totally throws you into the action. Like it's, it's very, very much new, new reader friendly, each volume. <laughs> so it's the true detective of comics. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, that yes. sounds great. Um, and cr- I mean, crime story by, uh, by Greg Rucka is, uh, is never a bad thing. Rucka, Rucka. Always a good thing. And uh, Dex, Dex Parius, I actually have to redo my five favorite characters list now because she's actually one of my favorites mm. but i don't want to take a, take out any of the ones that are currently on my list <laughs> <laughs> oh no five a <laughs> honorable oh, mentions gosh. yes that's what they're for yeah. um, for sneaking in characters that you were you're too stressed out about putting on your actual list <laughs> you don't want to insult any of them you have no to of course not there. yeah it be very it's political very stressful yeah. <laughs> exactly your favorites you don't want to leave anybody out people get very stressed i've noticed that people get very stressed <laughs> out about making this i don't get stressed out about it at all like i but I, every time i bring it up some people are like oh man come on what are you doing to me and I'm like, <laughs> i don't know I'm just asking you to write down five things on the a list. number like five deep. spot the number five <laughs> spot is rough <laughs> because you have to make that call. You have to, you know, kick somebody out of the club. <laughs> and it's, oh, that fifth spot is so hard because you have no more left after that. I have like a weird way of making lists because sometimes for me on a list, like something will be either number three or it won't be on the list. Wow. It's like a weird thing for me. Like I don't know how that happens in my brain, but I'm like, this isn't number four or number five. It's either number three or it's not there. Because I have number four and number five, you know, it's it's a weird. Oh, you build it from the. See, I build from the top. I don't build it in then... order at all. Like I oh. tend to build all out of order. Usually, I have number one in my brain, like already. And I'll number one will be the first thing I write down. Yeah. And then sometimes it'll be that very close. Like oh, I was between these two things, so that's number two, obviously, very easily. And then I'm usually okay with number five because I'm like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, I always know that thing that I really, really love, but it's just not quite there, and that's what number five is. I don't know. I like I designate a for some reason my brain like each place in the list has like a almost like a sub designation to me in my brain. Like this is what number five means. This is what number four means. This is what number three means. Yeah, I hear that. I don't know why, but my brain automatically does it. You know, Um, it's a weird thing. I like it. It's not that weird. It's a weird thing. It's a plan. It could help me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So making lists, stressing stressing Nikki out. Oh man! All right. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for for joining us, and thank you so much for for writing with us and and joining our our family. Thanks for having me, and I must say it was very nice seeing uh, meeting Steve in real life. That's right at Fan oh. Expo. It, it was nice, Steph wasn't it? Again. <laughs> no, seriously, you were so awesome. I was so glad to to meet you and to. It's you know it's rough to meet up with people at cons. You can't always coordinate and get everything together. But we had a really good hub for a meeting up between the Silver Snail crew and uh, Danny from Suckers Apparel. And of course, Stephanie, uh, you know, hanging out around there. It was just a really good nexus for, for <laughs> meeting up with people. And uh, you were lovely. And it was it was definitely an honor to uh, to hang out with you for, for the few minutes that we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Thank you. No problem. Talk Bye. again soon, Nikki. Have a great night. You too. Right. Bye-bye.
All right, so that's it for our our Ooh. run of our run of special guests. Oh man, they were special on the Talking Across Comics the board. 150th episode um, live call show. This was a great great time. Uh, we'll definitely do more of these. We'll probably we'll definitely do them more often than every 50 um, because it was great to do this and, uh, and a lot a lot of fun um i just want to give a quick thanks to everybody who joined us uh joey bracino uh james hammond mike kelly sammy cassell kelly heron adam shaw mara wood courtney key gary chapin and nikki alfaro thank you guys so much Ooh, everybody thank you for joining us um seriously 150 went by very quickly and hopefully we'll have 150 on the way um so let's uh Let's uh, talk about what's out on the shelves oh, right today now. Today is a huge okay, Bobby. day. Is that well, tomorrow? Is, I'm is sorry. that okay, Stephanie? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have something else you want to talk about? Do you want to sass me a little bit more? <laughs> Crack the no, whip, Steph. Not right now. Okay. It's getting late. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think I've hit my sass quota. <laughs> I do want to think. Um, uh, we kind of sort of answered it, but uh, on Twitter, Juicerelli Ju- uh, uh, asked us if we ever thought we'd get this big, but he also said, proud to say he's been a listener since day one. That's so awesome. Thank you Ooh, so thank you. much. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, so let's talk about what's on the shelves right now. I'll make sure I have the right list up. Yes. Because tomorrow is the 10th. Because we're actually doing this live. So I don't have to pretend yeah, like it's the go. next day. But if you're listening to this tomorrow, then it's you know today. Uh, so let's see here. From Archie Comics Publications, we have Betty and Veronica number 272. Um, and Sonic Super Special Magazine number 12. Uh, from Avatar Press, we have Caliban, number six. Uh, we have Dick's End of Time, number four. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. From Boom Studios. I wish it was him, not me. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we have Black Market, number three. We've got um, Clock... No, sorry, those are reprints. Let's see. Boop, nine, nine. There we go. Hexed, number two. We've got... Um, sun, nope, sun, that's another variant cover. Uh, suicide Risk, number 17. Teen Dog, number one, which Joey spoke yes. very highly about earlier. I'm totally buying that. Uh, Thomas Alsop, number four. Um, and we also have Wild's End, number one. Uh, from Dark Horse Comics, we've got Abe Sapien, number 16. We've got Dark Ages, number two. Uh, we have got Prometheus, Fire and Stone, number one, uh, which begins this the whole big dark horse alien universe really series of stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man prometheus alien uh so prometheus aliens predator? predator uh and is it alien as well i don't remember i don't remember yeah it was prometheus or no, it's so alien it's, versus predator sorry yeah. it's alien versus predator uh as well Ooh. um big you know great teams paul tobin joshua williamson like crazy teams like greg rucka and kelly sudaconic are consulting on stories and stuff this starts tomorrow yeah. starts tomorrow yeah prometheus Shh. fire and stone Check your um, email. <laughs> uh, from DC Comics, we've got Astro City number fifteen, Batgirl's Futures End number one. Ooh. That's the last. Last Gail Simone. Last Gail Simone. Um, and we'll definitely tackle that next week. We'll Secret Six confirmed. That. Yeah, Secret Six. We didn't yeah. talk about any news. Secret Six yep. is, is a thing. It's real. It's happening, which is awesome. Yes. Um, <laughs> we've got Batman Eternal number twenty-three, Batman Futures End number one. Ba- uh, Birds of Prey Futures End number one, Coffin Hill number 11, Constantine Futures End number one, Green Lantern Corps Futures End number one. Um, we've got Infinity Man, The Forever People Futures End number one, <laughs> uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year Two number 11, oh. uh, Justice League United Futures End number one. Um, we've got uh, New 52 Futures End number 19, New Suicide Squad Futures End number one. Uh, 
Superboy Features End, number one. Uh, Superman Unchained, number eight. Uh, World's Finest Features End, number one. So that's uh, that's all the DC stuff that's coming out. That's going to be really fun for the rest of the month. Yes, especially reading them is going to be <laughs> extremely fun. Uh, we did have we, we, we it's been confirmed Supergirl show is in production. Yes, or is being developed right now. Yeah. Same uh, one of the producers, Greg Berlanti of Arrow and the Flash, uh, is heading that up. Uh, lots of rumors and hearsay. We don't know anything really too much about it yet. Uh, and also crazy rumor today that broke that Warner Brothers is working on a Legion of Superheroes movie. Yes, I had read they want to do their own version of Guardians. So, yeah. ragtag team of superheroes yeah. in the future. That All rumor right. is just crazy enough that it could be true. Uh, from Dynamite yeah. Entertainment, we've got Captain Action Cat, the time stream catastrophe <laughs> number four. Uh, Captain Victory. <laughs> Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers, number two. Chastity, number three. Dawn Vampirella, number one. Um, we've got Jennifer Blood, Born Again, number two. We've got Lady Zorro, number three, Magnus Robot Fighter, number six, uh, Robotech Voltron, number five, Shadow Year One, number ten, mil- Six Million Dollar Man, season six, number six, uh, Terminal Hero, number two, and Tom Clancy, Splinter Cell Echoes, number three. Uh, from IDW, we've got G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 206, yeah. Judge Dredd Anderson, <laughs> Psy Division, number two. Uh, we've got Mars Attacks Art Gallery, number one. Uh, My Little Pony Friends Forever, number nine. Popeye Classic, number 26. Uh, Rot and Ruin, number one. Uh, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Animated Adventures, number 15. Uh, Transformers Primacy, number two. And mm. Weird Love, number three. From Image Comics, we've got 68 Homefront, oh, yeah. number one. We've got Copperhead, number one. Death Vigil, number three of eight. East of West, number 15. Yeah. Ghosted, number 13. Yeah. How Tunes, Reignition, yeah. number two. Imperial, number two. Invincible, number 114. Lazarus, number 11. Morning Glories, number 40. MPH, <laughs> number three. Um, Prophet Strike File, number one. Sheltered, number 11. Yes. Spread, number three. Super Annuated Man, number three of six. Velvet, number seven. Walking Dead, number 131. And also, uh, Volume 2 of Zero comes out as well. Nice. Uh, Marvel Comics, we've got All New Ultimates, number 8. We've got um, Amazing Spider-Man, number 6. Avengers, number 34.1. Avengers Undercover, number 10. Captain Marvel, number 7. We've got Deadpool, number 34. Uh, Death of Wolverine, number 2. Just going to keep hitting $5 every week. Uh, Edge of Spider-Verse, number 1. Fantastic Four, number 10. George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act Ooh, 2, number 1. Uh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, number 17. Hawkeye, number 20. Inhuman, number 5. Magneto, number 9. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, Marvel 70th Anniversary Magazine Special Edition, number 1. Yes, all sorts of stories, including the Stan Goldberg. Oh, really? Young Spidey story. <sighs> wow. Uh, we've got uh, Ms. Marvel, number 8. Uh, New Warriors, number 9. Nightcrawler, number 6. Powers Bureau, number 11. Uh, ooh, United States of Murder, Inc., number five. X-Force, number nine. Um, from Oni Press, we've got Bunker, number six. Um, we've got Stumptown, volume three, number one. Wasteland, number 57. 
Um, let's see here. We got no no Valiant books this week, I don't think. Oh, wait, I didn't get there yet. From Titan Comics, we have Doctor Who, the 11th Doctor. Number two is out. Um, and uh, that is it from Titan. And then from Valiant, Archer and Armstrong, number 24. Armor Hunters, Harbinger, number three. Uh, and that is it also for Valiant. And from Zenoscope, we've got Goddess Inc., number two. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales, number 102. Uh, Inferno, Rings of Hell, number two, and Realm Wars, number two. Just just assume in Xenoscope when I don't say a full title, it's Grim Fairy Tales Presents, then the title yes. that I said, because that's always what it is. <laughs> um, all right, and that's everything that's going to be on the shelves uh, this week. Um, Steve ran through a whole piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a, no, because some, somebody, um, I forget who it was, I apologize. Somebody on Twitter asked me earlier how many, I mentioned that it was going to be a huge day, they asked me how many books I was getting. I just counted all those titles. The answer is 21. Oh, my God. That's a lot of books, dude. I don't know that that's going to happen. That's, that's a lot of books. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I might have to make some sacrifices. It, we'll see. Not to mention, it might be a couple of trades you want. No. I. No. Luckily, my situation is about to change money-wise, and uh, I could actually do this if I wanted to. Nice. All right. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Cryptic. Yeah. Cryptic yeah, he, as hell. He, he mugged an old lady on the way up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives me your broad. <laughs> Let go, you old bag. <laughs> all right. So thank you guys so much, everybody who listened live and stuck with us for all these two hours and yeah, 40 really. minutes. You guys rock. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening tomorrow or thursday or friday or whenever you're listening to this thank you to anyone's ever listened to the show and anyone's ever contributed and and written in you guys are awesome um and we look forward to the next 150 if you want to get in touch with us though at talking comics on twitter facebook.com slash talking comics talking is that website and uh, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com is the email address. Um, you heard a bunch of our fantastic contributors um, tonight. Uh, make sure you read their articles, comment on their articles, let them know um, that you're supporting them and what you think. Constructive criticisms, every, we all welcome it. Just make sure that it's constructive and, and it's respectful mm-hmm. and it, we will have awesome discussions. Yeah. Um, you heard Adam Shaw before. Make sure you check out uh, Talking Valiant his podcast make sure you t- check out uh talking movies uh with brian verderosa and chris oliphant um the misfits with stephanie cook mm-hmm. mara wood and melissa megan uh doing their top five comic book characters of all time for their next show mm-hmm. yeah you can submit uh there's a topic on the forum so you can submit what yours are and we'll read them out on the show awesome awesome mm-hmm. um talking mm-hmm. games hosted by steve say he makes his return i do this week we're gonna be talking about some pc games this yeah. week i'm sure you'll talk a little bit about destiny too Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some Diablo. A little game that, that came out. 1 to week. 64. What? In a few days. I, I leveled uh, a wizard character uh, to level 64 within the span of a few days. It Amazing. was epic. He didn't have this beard before he started playing no. Diablo. <laughs> yep. This is my Diablo beard. Wow. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Bobby Shortle uh, on Twitter. Steve. My Twitter handle is at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie. I'm at Hello Cookie. And Bob, your email address. Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. And then, of course, there's my new Twitter account. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Whoa. All the clicked voices just went up in a song <laughs> and then dun, dun died. I know. It'll happen someday, Bob. Never say never. <laughs> Auditory blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll man. see, Stephanie. We'll see. <laughs> Next time, Gadget. Uh, <laughs> really, guys, thank you so, so much for listening. For Steve... 
Later. Bob. Thanks so much, everyone. And Stephanie. Bye. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>